Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy, hoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we paint the town red with savings. I'm your host, President of Dumbville, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today. Henry Gilbert, and legally, I can't even let you drive out of here on this podcast. And who else do we have? Cat Bailey, and my favorite team is the Minnesota Vikings. Excellent. And today's episode is Sunday, Cruddy Sunday. The road to the Super Bowl is long and pointless. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it. It's true. And today's episode aired on January 31st, 1999, the same day as Super Bowl whatever. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Oh boy, Bobby! The Atlanta Falcons lose <laughs> to the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl 33. That's it. Silent Hill debuts on the PlayStation, and She's All That is number one at the box office. Proof I, that if you're a girl wearing glasses and you just take them off, you're like now hot. You're a different person. It's the Clark Kent syndrome, right? <laughs> well, it's also you got to take your hair out of a ponytail. That's the other step. Glasses and ponytail. And then you're just a fucking bet. That's did all it, you are. I love that line. <laughs> did, it invent, bet? did it invent that kind of trope? Because oh, I th- I'm sure it was there before that, but She's All That was like the er example of mm, that. I think like 80s music videos about that trope, <laughs> like Hot for Teacher. Yeah, yeah, though I think it uh, made it famous again for a new generation. Well, I also think because Not Another Teen Movie made it so clear that they were making fun of She's All That specifically, I think it made it more famous that they did that. See, if I take off my glasses... I'm like Millhouse with the teeny tiny little eyes. <laughs> You're petting a stingray <laughs> right now. Uh, the, How'd I get in here? The uh, I found out in my research that she's all that is was like ghost written by M Night Shyamalan. He did, a, he did a script pass on. That it. was a fairly poor twist. <laughs> as far as his go. Uh, well, at the end she of, was hot the whole time. <laughs> at the end of the movie, Freddie Prince Jr. does like a nude thing. Not really. but uh, Was he in that film? Yeah, he's uh, he's actually the above Rachel Lee Cook in the uh, the billing because he's the, he's the male lead. He has more scenes. I always think of him as the lead of the Wing Commander film that was mm-hmm. extremely bad <laughs> and completely oh, ruined yeah. the film career of the creator of Wing Commander, who then subsequently went and made Star Citizen, which is still in development today and will never exit it. Yeah, but it's a good, it's pretty good Ponzi scheme. <laughs> one an the, amazing one. I think he's one of the flattest leading men of all time. Freddie Prince. Freddie Prince. Well, that's uh, why he got instead into writing. He, like, seriously wrote for uh, the WWE television oh. program. Yeah, I thought he had a strange fate. It's pretty weird, yeah. <laughs> a strange fate. <laughs> well, and An interesting is, fate. And he's still married to Sarah Michelle Gellar. That's right. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny because we were talking about Buffy earlier. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, 
In the video games, I mean, Silent Hill, that was quite a game. It's a game I have never played, actually. Really? I've played it. I think the series would just be this very small thing. I mean, it is kind of small now, even, but mm. I, it wouldn't be until 2, I think, that people started saying, you know, what's going on with this game? Well, when it came out, it was really cool because I mean, horror games were still a relatively new and interesting thing on the PlayStation. Mm. Uh, and, of course, Resident Evil was a big deal as well. It was more atmospheric mm. uh, than Resident Evil, where Resident Evil was more blood and guts and that kind of thing. So they, they played off each other really well. Yeah, Silent Hill with the darkness and the I, I played the fog and the fog yeah. and the radio and the Ed red X's on your map and, and Pyramid Head. That was in well, two. That's two. That's yeah, two. see, uh, no one remembers. That's because they put Pyramid one. Head in like everything now. Yeah. He's lost all meaning. He was in the original film. Uh, that's true. Yeah, he yeah. shouldn't have been. And more familiar with the remake of Silent Hill: Shattered Memories that came out on the Wii, uh, which was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's a pretty fun game, except yeah. for those uh, parts where you run around and don't know where anything is. Yeah, but that—that's just because the game shouldn't even have anything like that in it. Like, but then they—they're like, well, what about monsters chasing you? Because you can't. There's no combat in the game. It's just about. Running, shaking your, shaking your yeah. sweet, uh, Wii remote and running. It know? was one of like three games that had you put the Wii remote up to your head like you were making a phone call. I love that. Yeah, yeah. not enough. <laughs> there should have been more phone call based games. <laughs> uh, but the the first Silent Hill, I had to play with my friend sitting next to him. We're like, we're gonna play this together because we're both too scared to play it alone. So you play and then I'll play. And, and also, I, I think it's one of the earliest games I used a game effect for. You kind of need play. it yeah. because it's pretty confusing. And there's so many endings and some of them are pretty hard to get. But that's Silent Hill for you. But anyway, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. The big game. We, we just <laughs> talked a little about the big game in our previous episode about... Oh, the Family Guy pilot, good time. But now it's time for the Simpsons side of yeah. that uh, Super many, Bowl coin. How many listeners did we win? Uh, lose? I mean, can you uh, track that? I, we didn't uh, win any. Well, we're recording this before it came out, so uh, if everyone hated it, we're, we're safe from that judgment in this recording. We're but, still alive. Uh, but we have our uh, senior sports correspondent, Matt <laughs> Bailey, back on the show here. What, what are sports? <laughs> Question one, what are sports? Yes, uh, those wonderful episodes when I'm not talking about video games or anime or robots or something. I had a Sony PR person who would always tell me, Kat, I just don't understand you. You're a girl and you like sports and also you like giant robot and JRPGs. I don't understand. I'm like, well, I'm, it's almost like I'm a complicated and multi-layered person who isn't just defined by one single interest. Exactly. Just like have, Rachel Lee Cook. And she's all that. <laughs> I would have contacted Sony HR. <laughs> oh, Get know, him out of there. You know, video games, Rachel Lee Cook, she's been Tifa in like five different games. She's, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, the Super Bowl. Uh, were you a viewer of Super Bowl 33? Do you remember anything of it? Oh, boy. Uh, Super Bowl 33 definitely resonates with me in many painful ways because that was the year that I got into football, actually. Oh, wow. Yes. This is this is a big one for me. So I think I've relayed this story in previous podcasts, but I got into sports. I was not a sporto when I was uh, a teenager. Mm. I actually hated sports. And then, the right move, I think. My, <laughs> but my parents liked sports. You know, they watched him. It was on the TV in the house. And then I was in marching band, and I was forced to sit and watch football with, like, my eyes peeled open. <laughs> and wow. at a certain point, I was like, huh. I actually understand how this game is being played, and I'm kind of enjoying it. And, and people are very excited, and I'm cheering too. And my favorite local team, the Minnesota Vikings, why, they're having quite a good season. 
a young Randy Moss is catching balls over the top of people and they're winning and they keep winning. They won't stop winning. They're like 15 and one. They're going to go to the Super Bowl and win it all. Oh my God, there's Gary Anderson shanking the kick and the Atlanta Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. History has been denied. <laughs> if you ever watch, uh, there's an episode of How I Met My Mother with the character Marshall, who's a big Minnesota Vikings fan, and they flash back to that moment where the kick goes wide left and he goes, damn it just pounds his fist around the table speaking for all Minnesota fans. So you were watching Super Bowl 33 with sadness of wishing it was the Broncos and the Vikings. I don't think I had recovered from that point. And frankly, mm. it's been 20 years and I still haven't recovered. Well, I didn't know it was so personal for you. It yeah. was the most single most devastating sports moment in my entire life right at the very beginning because that's the way the Minnesota Vikings work. Every 10 years, they bring in a new group of fans. They entice them in with a very exciting and fun team Team, and then they break their hearts just to the most <laughs> earth-shatteringly awful, most horrific way possible. And for me, it was the Gary Anderson kick. So, well, you know, at least the team that beat you guys lost too. <laughs> so, they... no, that's the thing though. This Super Bowl should have been the Vikings versus the Broncos, two teams that a they both lost four Super Bowls, and mm. b the Broncos had John Elway was very good and a really good running back, and then the Vikings had the most exciting rookie. Everybody was like, should have been Vikings versus Broncos. The Falcons were a mistake. <laughs> they got completely rolled. They denied us an amazing Super Bowl in which the Vikings would have assuredly have lost. I hope. <laughs> they would have lost horribly, but it doesn't matter. We can all look at that and go, what could have been? So the only thing I know about football is based on uh, video games. So I was happy to see video game celebrity John Madden in this, <laughs> in this episode. I bet a lot of kids don't even know who John Madden is anymore. They, they just think of Madden's a weird thing to call this franchise. Why yeah. would you call that the football game Madden? There was a PR event a long time ago, like maybe five years ago, where I theoretically could have gone over, because he lives in Oakland, you know? Yeah, yeah. I could have gone really? over to his house and watched football with him, and he could have talked oh, to, about man. strategy and maybe Madden with me or something. I don't I, know. I would ask him about Tenactin. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Tough acting, Tenactin. I remember it was like eight Maddens ago, or six six to eight Madden games ago, where John Madden is like an Obi-Wan Kenobi ghost explaining football to you. Like, that was... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was like Madden 09 or something. Yeah. Madden 08, yeah. That was uh, the only Madden previews I ever took, and they were like, well, okay, you don't like football, so here's the John Madden ghost section that tells you... Does he you taunt about... you? <laughs> no, he's Listen, a Listen, nerd. Friendly... <laughs> he's a very friendly blue ghost who tells you about... Uh, and he's he's still with us. I uh, like John Madden. Yeah. I think he's a great commentator. He was a lot of fun. Yeah, Pat Summerall uh, is no longer with us, but uh, yeah. John Madden is hanging in there. Still going somehow. 83, like, he's a giant man and also an athlete. I don't know how he's... You know, hanging in there, but he is. I'm going to warn listeners, there will be a lot of playing of the anti-death jingle on this episode, because uh, I'm very worried of the ages of a lot of the guest stars in this one. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the, the Super Bowl, you mentioned John Elway. He was the MVP of it. This was his... Homer's joke at the end of the episode is about John Elway, that this is like, this could be his last chance to win it. And he did retire after this uh, season. This was his last game of football. Homer must have been thrilled to see it. 
his beloved Denver Broncos winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> he owns them, yeah. Does he get? Uh, maybe that's how they got their rings. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> While they were in there, they're like, "Oh yeah, Homer, you own us. Remember, you're the team oh, owner." Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, "Oh wait, I could have just sat in the owner suite this entire time." Don't. <laughs> yeah. What uh, John Elway's big play in that was an 80 yard touchdown pass. I mean, yeah, that's and pretty good for it doesn't happen in Super Bowls much. And here's the funny thing: it was over a guy named Eugene Robinson who got busted for soliciting a pros- uh, prostitute mm. in it in Miami and thus uh, had an extremely horrible game and everybody blamed him for the Denver Broncos loss. But that's what everybody remembers the Falcons for in that game, which was was him soliciting a prostitute. And then subsequently, uh, 28 to 3. I apologize to any Falcons fans who's feel <laughs> very triggered. I'm going to say you're a football player. You're making that big money. Call a high-priced escort service. <laughs> Don't solicit people on the well, street. But that's the thing is that a lot of people were like, what are you even doing? Yeah. Why are you soliciting a prostitute what? in the in Miami where there's undercover cops everywhere. Well, and also, you know, keep it in your pants until after the big game. Then, you know, you got to you got to keep all that energy inside of you before the big game. That, well, well that. it's better than in like 1989 where a Bengals player just got completely high out of his mind on cocaine right before the game. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good stories about athletes right before the big game. Uh, also a funny stat I saw was that uh, John Elway was the oldest Super Bowl MVP until Tom Brady got it mm. for also beating the Atlanta Falcons. Well, John Elway only got the MVP trophy out of pity. It really mm. should have gone to Terrell Davis. Hmm. I mean, he was the old man who was going to retire. You got to give it to him then. And so, yes. Yeah, Tom Brady, fuck him, man. That's uh, ugh, I hate that guy. He's worst. getting weirder every year. I mean, that thing of him kissing his son, that was pretty weird. Like, he uh, was, seemed like a relatively normal person. I don't know if it's like the repeated blows to the head, but he's becoming like a... I don't even know, like Children of the Corn kind of guy. Weird. He's hanging out with Papa John Schrader too much. Ooh, That's you don't I want think. that. Oh, <laughs> but seriously, Bob, have you seen the video of him kissing his son on the mouth? It's, uh, uh, it's really you know weird. what? I might have seen like a still live it on Twitter or something. Somebody making fun of it, but not. I don't know if I want to watch the entire uh, video <laughs> of this. I, I've just seen shots. Of oh, okay, it just <laughs> makes me think of Team uh, Team America, where the little Matt Damon doll's going, Matt Damon. That's Tom Brady <laughs> in my mind. Uh, and uh, the halftime. Of the event was a celebration of soul, salsa, and swing that featured the big bad voodoo daddy, Stevie Wonder, and Gloria Estefan because it was in Miami. Wow. Big so. bad voodoo daddy had a Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, yeah. But they, they were, were still kind of like low rent at this point, right? 99. I, th- I think they were about at their peak. <laughs> okay. It wasn't quite like hooray for everything. No, uh, no. Well, well, that's uh, up with people. Yeah, the '90s was full of people like The Simpsons making fun of halftime shows. So, like, uh, what well, was it? A few years before this, they had Michael Jackson, right? Well, in 1992, uh, the Super Bowl was hosted in Minnesota for some reason, and it had a very bad halftime show. I watched it. Uh, the marching band was in it. I was in the marching band, actually. Mm. Not not that particular marching band, but. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and it was really, really like cringeworthy. Everybody would just stop watching and go away. And I think the NFL kind of went, oh, we can't do this anymore. So the <laughs> next year in the Rose Bowl, they had Michael Jackson, who put on like one of the great performances ever in a Super Bowl. And from that point on, it became a thing. But I remember 1999, I didn't watch that halftime show because of halftime counter-programming by the WWF on, oh. Uh, oh. on the USA Network. They did halftime heat. I'm going to say we were too late for the butt bowl. 
which uh, I always enjoyed. The, the Beavis Puppy and, Bowl thing? Oh, the, the Beavis, Beavis and Butthead. Bowl. Butt yeah, Bowl, that's yeah. Right. yeah. Puppy Bowl, I don't think that was happening in 99. But the Bud Bowl definitely was. The Bud Bowl, but not the Butt uh, Bowl. Well, the, the halftime heat, it was a match between Mankind and The Rock. And the ma- Mankind defeated The Rock for the WWF Championship. It was it was one of the rare, like, it was a not live match and in a empty arena so they could film it and cut it to the exact length of the halftime show so they could make sure to let people viewing know that like the halftime show is still going halftime show still going you're not missing anything <laughs> now i don't feel like people really try to counter program the halftime show anymore there was a good episode of all real monsters where thinking about that yeah yeah where everybody's flushing the toilets and so they go yeah. surfing oh, the big race yeah the, the top ads of that Super Bowl included another appearance by the Budweiser Frogs. Uh, the one of the old cartoon characters using MasterCard to buy things. Mm. If you remember that, where uh, Olive Oil is buying a Wonder Bra, among other jokes in was it. Was Jerry Seinfeld uh, hanging out with Superman yet? That one wasn't there yet. Okay. Now. And uh, for, I think, a real first for the Super Bowl, there were commercials from websites. <gasps> websites. Yes. Like buy.com and monster.com. But not pets.com. No, nah, no, nah, not pets. I think that was a year later. GoDaddy really took over Super Bowl ads uh, at a certain point. I bought a lot of things from Buy.com. Really? Yeah. I, uh, I was. It was either eBay or early Amazon for me mm. if I was buying stuff in the in 1999 on the information superhighway. But yes, The Simpsons got the uh, big spot right behind the bigger spot of Family Guy, but of the post-show entertainment. Like, uh, as joked about in the Lisa the Greek episode, it actually can be a curse to have a show that's after the Super Bowl. Family Guy was no uh, handle with care. (laughs) <laughs> which was Troy McClure's sitcom. Yes, yeah, that's right. A retired criminal? Is that what it was? <laughs> yes, Jack Handy. Yeah. He's living with a retired... Uh, We're the original odd couple. Uh, but yeah, The Simpsons uh, aired right after The Family Guy. Mike Scully, we just talked to him in a brand new interview everybody should listen to on the Patreon. And he talked about how uh, heavily they pushed with Fox to get to be after the Super Bowl and to do a Super Bowl episode. And so once they found out they were getting the spot uh, in Fox's, I don't believe it was Fox's first Super Bowl, or maybe it was. It couldn't have been because they started in like 94. Well, yeah, though, uh, I mean, the Super Bowl kind of like goes, what, from channel to channel each year? Yeah, it yeah. rotates. Uh-huh. But it, maybe it was. I mean, it sounds like it was a momentous event for The Simpsons, certainly. Yeah, they uh, they pushed real real hard for this, and I think they they even called in a few favors to get on, you know, Man and Summerall. But well, meanwhile, throwing Futurama under the bus. Oh yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, poor uh, poor Futurama talking, thought it. We've was talked about be this there. like a million times, but woof, painful. Mm. Well, you know, they they really liked Family Guy more than Futurama at the at the uh, Fox executive. I, I have a confession. I I liked. Family Guy better than Futurama at the what? time as well. Wow. What? Yeah, I mean, I was a stupid high schooler. I, I didn't know any better. I was. I watched Family Guy. It had zany humor. I thought it was hilarious. Mm. And Futurama kind of washed over me because it was you're a Star a little, Trek fan. It was a little too sophisticated for me at the mm. time. Yeah, wait, didn't your Star Trek jeans? It didn't really have Star it? Trek stuff in there except for Leonard Nimoy Leonard and the Nimoy's jar. in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, he welcomes briefly. you into the world. <laughs> Their doors sound like if, the Enterprise. If door. they showed me the uh, the Star Trek episode of Futurama, that I would. Oh, you have to wait four seasons for that. Yeah, happen. exactly. But it's a good one. <laughs> So we, I guess we could talk about, well, there's a new writer on the show, if we're done with the preamble. Oh, yes, yeah. So the new writer is Tom Martin, uh, no relation to Jeff Martin, previous writer on the show, who we also interviewed. Yeah. 
So a uh, real brief bio on him. His first role as a writer was on the 1993 TV special. It's called Tom Arnold, colon, The Naked Truth 3. God. What? And this is uh, not what you think it is. It's a reverse expose in which before being interviewed by Lisa Gibbons, Roseanne and Tom Arnold interview other people. Oh. And it must have been on like Comedy Central or something like that. I remember this. And like yeah. Judd Apatow's a writer on it. Like people you know have written on this. Well, Apatow worked a lot for Roseanne in his early days. That's right, yeah. yeah. So he wrote a few sketches for for SNL. He worked a bit on uh, Great Kinnears Later. Are we familiar with that? If you stayed up past Conan, you could often watch Later before it was Carson Daly's show. Yeah, I watched Later a couple times, yeah. maybe, and just was like, oh, the Talk Soup guy. Yeah, he left Talk Soup to get a show at 1.30 a.m. on NBC. <laughs> he wrote this special called The Naked Truth 3, and then he went on to uh, write for the sitcom The Naked Truth and Just Shoot Me. And then he went to The Simpsons. He wrote, he wrote uh, this... A Griffith of the Magi and Pokemon. That's all three episodes. Uh, I think he just co-wrote this with like fifty people. Yeah, yeah. This has the one of the longest list of writers for a non-Halloween episode they ever did. Did you say Pokemon? Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So the basically the spinoff about Ash Ketchum's mom. Not that interesting. Uh, Her Adventures with Mr. Mime. Yes. <laughs> no, it's about uh, Marge befriending a convict played by Michael Douglas. No, no, sorry, Michael Keaton. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that uh, that has a good. I re- I haven't watched that one in a long time, but I remember it had a really good joke about Marge seeing different things outside of the kitchen window twice. That, that is was, good. That was a good joke. And so after The Simpsons, he would go on to write a few episodes of Nikki, the Nikki Cox sitcom, and also mm. two episodes of Clone High. So he wrote 20% of Clone High, wow. basically, or like 15% that. of Clone yeah. High. Uh, so now he mostly seems to do kid stuff. He also wrote a few made-for-TV Muppet movies, like a very, it's called, it's a very, very Muppets Christmas movie and the Muppets Wizard of Oz. So uh, you might okay. think there are only like only six Muppet movies, but there's actually like 43, <laughs> and there's like 30 just made-for-TV that it, you probably haven't watched. That Wizard of Oz one was fun. They should have just done more of those, like a famous public domain thing starring the Muppets. Treasure Island was great and then they go Muppet to Treasure Island was the best it wasn't just great well uh, uh, the best the of best. the Muppet uh, the best it might be I would if you said it was the best post Henson thing then I'd agree with that I have a soft spot for Christmas Carol me too mm. because my family liked it I do like Christmas Carol a lot too but man Tim Curry I mean Michael Caine's really great too boy it's hard to I watched one. I mean I think the reason I have a soft spot for Treasure Island was that it was just on loop on TV it felt like <laughs> it was just always on just through familiarity yes <laughs> I guess too this episode it starts out with a reference we need cat uh, to explain the dirty bird oh god oh f- Christ yeah <laughs> what the hell <laughs> what's well, uh it's a dance made famous by running back Jamal and Anderson on the uh, Atlanta Falcons, right? Yes, the Atlanta Falcons had a very good season that year. Uh, (laughs) Remarkably, they would become very bad right after that, but... Uh, in the process of that happening, they invented an end zone dance called the Dirty Bird, which I guess people from Atlanta felt was very much of the Atlanta culture or something to that effect. Sure. And yeah, like uh, I didn't get it at the time. I remember seeing it during that game and going, what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, but yes, it is probably the last remnant of that particular team. People call them the Dirty Bird Atlanta Falcons. Is it like an obscene dance or something? No, it's just a dance. Okay, I hear, like I hear a the chicken dance or yeah. something. I hear the yeah. Dirty bird i think of things well that's why it's a it's a fun name mm. didn't the nfl don't they normally hate end zone dances or oh, something they got they clamped down a lot after mm. that because there got to a point where somebody kept a sharpie in their sock or something and were like signing autographs and there was at one point they hit a cell phone and uh, to take yes, a phone call the and the nfl was like stop that stop having fun no props 
No fun league. That's how it is. The only yeah. thing worse than dancing is kneeling. <laughs> if you're in the NFL. Well, hopefully the XFL will have more dancing and no kneeling. Mandatory kneeling. Are you all in on the XFL, Henry? Oh, certainly not. No. Honestly, Good. I hope that it drives uh, Vince McMahon into retirement because he'll be stretched too thin. That's what I hope. He, I mean, he's only doing it because people made fun of him for the XFL being a failure. Like there was that the ESPN documentary was all about how the XFL sucked and he was a giant failure and that made him so mad even though he was involved in it that he was like i'll do the xfl again and it'll be a success and then no one can call it a failure so he's spending like a hundred million more than a hundred million of his own money on it okay i'm all in on the xfl now if it gets (laughs) vince mcmahon to waste his money that's great it is nice to see that he's making jobs (laughs) though that's the thing with the xfl it's just you you won't get good football the best players will just sign up for the nfl only only people who can't get into the nfl would go there and if you actually then were like the best player on your team you would very likely just be picked up by the NFL the next season, I would think, if you proved yourself that good. I'm pretty sure the XFL debuted like a year after this episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long afterward. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it like... was a big deal, too. People were treating it as a thing. They announced the XFL. Yeah, it started right after this. Your governor was an announcer on the XFL. Yeah. yeah. In fact, my governor had just been sworn in at that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, man, what a weird time. The Vikings were probably going to the Super Bowl, and Jesse Ventura was our governor. And it was, it, well, it was heady time. That was once that the much. weirdest thing to happen. <laughs> now we've moved past that. Yeah. It's so weird that that weird stuff doesn't feel like anything now. It's like, no. That's we didn't know weird. <laughs> I didn't vote for him. Huh. I wasn't uh, old enough. Probably would have voted for him. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, <laughs> if you were like 18 and he's telling you all this, like, you know, oh, yeah. change and third party stuff, you're like, yeah, fuck No, the system, people man. voted for him because he had this action figure commercial. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they just took his commercial, his action figure, put him in a little suit, put him behind the, the wheel of a bus, and we're like, uh, oh, Jesse Ventura, he doesn't take any special interest money, and he's going to body slam, like, politicians. And, like, as a 17 year old, I'm like, hell yeah, I want that guy. <laughs> It worked on me, political advertising. That's why 18-year-olds shouldn't vote. (laughs) The Simpsons will be right back. This podcast don't make a lick of sense, but we still enjoy doing it. So thanks for listening this week, and a big thank you to Cat Bailey for being our guest. Be sure to check out all of her stuff at US Gamer. And if you'd like to support me and Bob doing this full-time so we can give you all the football stats you love, you need to be supporting us at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. And thanks to supporters on there that me and Bob can do this. $5 a month gets you access to every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and ad free and the same goes for our sister podcast what a cartoon where me and bob deconstruct a different animated series once a week in the same style as talking simpsons plus that five bucks will get you access to a ton of exclusive stuff including all of our patreon exclusive miniseries over 100 episodes of exclusive stuff and coming very soon is our second season of talking futurama where we're going to deconstruct the first 10 episodes of futurama season two and you'll get to hear our many exclusive interviews with folks who have worked on The Simpsons including our very recent one with Mike Scully where he talked about this episode and also his efforts to unionize The Simpsons writers room it's an amazing interview you definitely want to hear that please check that out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons
that if you want something as fancy as stem lube, then you need to sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Not only you get all the stuff we just talked about in the $5 level, but you also get the monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast where we talk about a different animated feature film once a month. Just last month we did Cowboy Bebop the movie. This month, to keep things Halloween-y, we're going to be doing The Nightmare Before Christmas, and you'll get a different one each month. Plus, you get access to our 10 before that, over 30 hours of podcasting excellence you can only hear at the $10 level. Please consider going up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. When this episode started, I was like, how does this get to the Super Bowl? I could not remember the connective tissue. Mike Scully said part of the joke of this show is that it takes them so long to get there, they never see the game. (laughs) Yes. So there's like a set piece about post office, a set piece about getting your car fixed, and a set piece about uh, doing a craft kit at home. And then there's like (laughs) eight minutes of Super Bowl stuff somewhere in there. The trick, Henry, is there is no connective tissue because Mm. they just kind of threw a bunch of stuff in. They will admit that. Yeah, Uh, They said so in the commentary. Well, I think it can be extra wonky, too, because when you've got four credited writers on it, it's uh, it's got to be all over the place. In other words, they went full Shrek on this script. <laughs> uh, well, so this begins with a visit to the post office. Now, who's ever wondered how the post office works? No one? I did until we came here last year. Oh, yes, last year. <laughs> anyway, look, here comes our guide for the day, Postmaster Bill. <laughs> Howdy, partners. Welcome to your post office. Wow, it's ours? Mark! Be with you in a minute. This is the lobby where customers come for all their postalistic needs. Legends of comedy, my tuckus. What has Fatty Arbuckle done that I haven't done? This machine reads zip codes. These five digits tell us where to direct your mail. But it's nine digits now. What's the point of these other four numbers? Those are citizen relocation codes. With any luck, we'll never need them. She's on to us. Should I flood the chamber? Not yet. Let's get some lunch. Well, children, any questions for Postmaster Bill? You ever gone on a killing spree? <laughs> no, no. The day of the gun-toting, disgruntled postman shooting up the place went out with the Macarena. Yeah. I'm just glad I work at an elementary school. Oh, right. Wow. That's uh, (laughs) about four months before Columbine. Yeah. 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 I mean, school shootings are already in the air. It's Columbine. That's right. People forget about Jonesboro. Mm, Fuck. It's 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 like the velvet underground of the uh, (laughs) yeah, the boy, that joke. But that's what the joke. The joke is supposed to make you go like, oh, yes, shootings happen everywhere, don't they? Like and now tons of different professions for angry white men uh, are features of gun massacres not just postal service oh the crusty joke is good though because i didn't holy shit i I didn't read that as uh because i didn't really i don't think i knew who fatty arbuckle was in the 90s 
But, uh, you know, the, the story goes like, oh, he was framed for murder or whatever. Sorry, framed for sexual assault. I recommend you go out and listen to the uh, You Must Remember This podcast about him, which kind of changed my mind. I was like, I think he did it. <laughs> and if he didn't, he's a disgusting creep. And so when Krusty says he's done everything, implying that he's done everything that Fatty Arbuckle has done, that's uh, a very dark thing that he's saying there. The fact that Fatty Arbuckle got drummed out of comedy and meanwhile he's on this legends of comedy uh yeah that also it's doesn't funny really fit. uh the cancel culture happening in the 30s everybody <laughs> it wasn't just invented <laughs> uh the last four digits of a nine digit zip code represents the specific delivery route within the overall delivery system i don't know mine and i hate when they ask me for it i have to look at an existing piece of mail yeah i don't know it either maybe i should grab some nearby <laughs> mail Let's see. Oh, that's not mail. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, uh, actually, I shouldn't. Do- I'd be doxing myself out here if I read my. If they could figure out the first five, then uh, they'd know uh, your general zip code. I think that was also really in the air in 99 of like this conspiracy theory that the government had these plans of like, if we have to, you know, round up all people or do something. Well, Ooh, the FEMA camps. Yeah, it was. Uh, it comes from the same place as Alex Jones's FEMA camps, I think. This was around the time that they also changed change the area codes much to everybody's consternation oh yeah there'll be an episode about that too coming oh, up yeah, soon yeah uh, in about three years of the show i like my area code here i hope i never lose the oakland area i code. don't know what mine is well because you still have your i still have ohio home. i'm yeah. 330 really? for life yeah it's <laughs> funny kept my phone number yeah the 510 nickel dime that's my number <laughs> baby 952 for life or something i don't know <laughs> and uh thanks to pro wrestling and uh, i know that the san diego zip code or area code is 619 because that's where Rey Mysterio's uh, moves are called. I think they're making a statement with that post office joke where they're saying, uh, you know, post office rampage jokes are hack. Oh, yeah. So I I'm love not, that. We're not going to do that kind of a joke because it's 1999. I'm really glad they made that joke about how, like, all right, we brought the kids to the post office. Where come? Where's the going postal joke already? And instead the joke is... That that is a hack thing to say. It's as musty as a Macarena joke. Yeah. Like, yeah. like five years ago was Homer Loves Flanders. And there's that fantasy mm. where Flanders is shooting people from the bell tower. <laughs> and a mailman pulls out a gun and starts firing back at him. That's like, that was five years ago in the show's <laughs> history. So that's how wow. old the postman going going postal. That's all that joke is. So this is a perfectly acceptable and enjoyable opening to the show. But I think the police station bit uh, mm. from the beginning of where Lisa goes into the military. I think that one's slightly better. This is a very similar joke, isn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah. Kids touring stuff. They, sh- they needed to do more kids tour thing. Yeah, the way they get to the football game is like an adventure game puzzle where <laughs> Bart gives Homer the coupon book and then Homer gives the coupon book to the, the card uh, dealership or whatever. It's weird. <laughs> So they go to the dead letter office. Well, first there's a joke about postmen stealing your money, which uh, I like that, though. It's all right. <laughs> uh, but then they go to the dead letter office, which, again, now as a grown-up, I get the joke about pots being sh- shipped in a box. But there's a really... And actually really good Ralph joke, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Solid Ralph joke. I love that he says, uh, mine's dog food. That's such <laughs> a funny, funny reaction. He could have said, out of all the non-sequiturs, he could have said that. That was a really fun one. Millhouse gets back his letter to say... Santa, which, eh, eh. Eh. Uh, but 
then there's such a weird cut to the like Bart instantly has out the coupon book and goes like, ah, coupon book. Like he, there's really something missing there. I double checked the deleted scenes on the DVD. Like nothing's there. Mm. Uh, there are deleted scenes for this episode, but not there. So it, it does feel like something got cut out of Bart taking out the thing from the collection of dead. Yeah, letters. it seemed a little awkward to me. But uh, but yes, the value coupon book. I I had one of these. I bought through my high school the value book or e value. I forget what they called it. But uh, the main thing I used it for actually was pizza. Like in Homer's <laughs> pizza coupons, there was a Papa John's deal to talk more about the NFL's favorite pizza. Uh, the Papa John's one. It was buy one get one free. I could just say over the phone, I have this coupon. The delivery person would never ask for it, mm. and then I just use it over and over and over. In again. theory, a coupon exists. Yeah. They'll T- I'll take my word for it. I mean, what does that delivery person care? So, but yeah, that uh, I I enjoyed my coupon book, even though not as much as Homer does. A coupon book? What am I gonna do with this piece of junk? Happy birthday, Dad! Wow, a value quality coupon book. Let's see, ten percent off carpet cleaning. Ten, <gasps> two pizzas for the price of one at Doughy's. Doughy's has terrible pizza. Yeah, but there's two. <laughs> Ooh, free foot pain analysis. Oh, Marge, that's just a trick to get you in there so they can cure your foot pain. Oh. Mm, I guess. <laughs> See you, kids. <laughs> Me and my value quality book are going to paint the town red with savings. I'll start with a couple of pizzas, then a complimentary tango lesson, and I'll cap it off with a smooth, refreshing colonic. Um, Dad? <laughs> Do you like pina colonics? And getting caught in the rain, passing out in the ocean. <laughs> there was a lot of hype behind colonics at this time, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were the new hip thing to clean you out. I and that was funny. Yeah, I mean, getting things squirted into your butt. Soapy water shot up into somebody's butt and then sucked back out. That's a, that is a funny idea. Yes, a yeah. good song too. <laughs> oh yeah, hearing the pina colada song. I mean, that's genius to to, to combine the pina colada song <laughs> with the colonic. Homer's just excited for his colonic, which also for his personal health, I think he could use one anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I think they could be pseudoscience. Who knows? I mean, they're gonna clean some stuff out of there, but it's got to be a better way there's got to be a better way <laughs> i mean brand that's the way fiber <laughs> high fiber diet leafy greens so for 20 years that marge foot pain joke has made me so sad oh such a sad joke she just goes i guess and limps oh, away Lord. it's tough for marge it's a tough couple seasons i gotta say this is such a mean joke they're only experience. trying to cure your foot pain you idiots yeah well i mean i did hear these kinds of exchanges with my parents like my my dad would always say to my mom they saw you coming they mm. saw you coming and so he often took the pose of i am the smart person preventing you from being scammed because a uh, simple woman uh and so homer's kind of taking that stance too of just like oh it's just a trick you to fix something but it's it's for your foot pain all that they agree that marge obviously has foot pain <laughs> everybody knows this but the way marge just accepts like you're right like just pained steps she's a tool of the doghouse makers that marge <laughs> is this the most protastic episode of the simpsons ever because it's all the dudes just really duding out all the time and marge and lisa are basically left to mess around with a craft kit and also marge complains about her foot pain at one point at least they have 
uh, plot and lines. Yeah, you know, they could true. easily just be not in this episode. I was actually kind of surprised that they re- remembered very, very, very briefly. But I guess we'll get to that. Point. John Madden remembered. <laughs> uh, yeah, this they do appear in all three acts at least. I think there might be broier episodes where they don't. Though, yeah, I mean, it's about a bros trip. It's about how certainly no woman would want to go to the Super Bowl later either. No way. <laughs> but yes, uh, then Homer uh, goes to high pressure tire sales. I, oh, I love that's great. Yeah, and boy, this uh, took me back to 2005, where a friend's dad, at, or a former friend's dad, <laughs> this is what broke it, did this to me. Like he really did. Like we were about to go on a cross country road trip, and we're like, well, probably need like some brakes changed out or whatever, just a little tune up before a big long cross country drive from Florida to California. And then he told me, like, you know, you really need three new tires. I just don't know. I just, I don't think you really need to go. I think you and my son. Should shouldn't be driving across country if you don't buy these tires if the situation was reversed and it was his son's car no way would he have told his son oh yeah but it really pissed me off because i like so trusted him and his dad that i begged my parents to loan me the extra money to pay for three goddamn new tires and i just uh boy i really hate that guy. you survived that, yeah the trip out like, here what a fucking scam artist, though. I can't. I'm You're able so... to sleep well at night, though, knowing yeah. that you had those tires. I guess so, yeah. yeah. But, uh, man, yeah, my friend was taking his dad's side. Of course, he's like, well, my dad does know uh, mechanics. He's been a mechanic all this time. Like, I'm just happy I don't have a car anymore, so I don't have to deal with that when I get like my old changed or anything mm. like that. Where whenever I would take my old to get changed, I'd be like, oh, you should do this, this, and this. And I'd be like, I have no money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to do this. I just want to pay for an oil change. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the high pressure is once they get you in there, they need to find something wrong to get more money out of you. They could tell I know nothing about cars. Now they have cars where they just plug in the little diagnostic computer and it just tells you exactly what's wrong with it. Oh, yeah. So it makes it a little harder to get away with things, but it also makes you dread those dashboard lights all the more because you (laughs) know that there is legitimately something wrong. Check engine. I'll get around to it. (laughs) That actually happened to me. It was going on and off for quite a while. Mm. And finally, they were like, you got to get this one part done and i'm like damn it the, everything should last forever the masking tape should have just stayed on so you should forget about cars it. cars are just mu- giant money pits oh man i'm i haven't owned a car in 13 years so this scene made me feel good at uh, not owning a car we somehow own three i don't even know why wow these game journalists fat cats <laughs> <laughs> taking pay but yes homer he got more than he bargained for at the tire shop now this wheel balancing is free right Oh, you betcha, absolutely. De- uh, oh, 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 wait a minute. These tires won't take a balance. They won't? <laughs> nah, nah, no. You hear that clunk? No. Yeah, that tells me you need four new tires. Really? Yeah. Legally, I can't even let you drive out of here on these. Oh, please, can't you let me slide this time? Gee, I'd really like to, but if my boss found out, I'd... All right, what's going on over here? Were you going to let this man drive out of here on unsafe tires? No, boss, I swear. Uh, that's it. You're fired. No, wait. This is all my fault. Oh, if I could only turn back the clock and buy four new tires. <laughs> I love when Homer is the perfect patsy for anything. God, that he's he's saying exactly what they want to hear from, uh, from a guy they've tricked. I like their very rehearsed uh, play, this yeah. clerk and this manager. <laughs> Uh, Homer thinks he like stars in an after school special about buying tires. He's like, if only I could turn back time. And the Charles Bronson guy is basically the used car sales or the car sales mechanic 
guy. He's kind of the uh, like his son. Like he's he's not exactly. He's like oh, Bronson's yeah, son. Sense. Yeah. Homer then gets just completely bamboozled, sent to sit in the very realistic. Like uh, th- this is where the waiting room I had for my friend's dad fixing my tires. The waiting rooms are a lot better now. I was just in one at the dentist today, and I was mm. like, do people actually read these magazines? We all have our phones. Like everyone in the waiting room was playing <laughs> with their phone. So waiting rooms are just like oh. Twitter time. This is what's truly killing the magazine industry. Yeah. That uh, nobody even in the waiting room. I It used to be my doctor visit waiting room would be, uh, I would read the New Yorker. I'd be like, time to catch up on the New Yorker because I'm smart. And uh, then I just read the cartoons. <laughs> oh, Howard Huge. <laughs> uh, and unlike Angry Beavers, uh, they actually pay for the real Herb Alpert song with Tijuana yeah. Grass Plan. On our What a Cartoon podcast, we did the show Angry Beavers where... They had uh, an egregious sound yeah. like for Spanish flea. It was enough notes that were different that they got away with it. <laughs> Homer should, uh, you can tell him Homer's not happy because he's not singing along to Spanish flea it's like normally, he was in Spinal Tap. It's normally one of his favorite songs, actually. <laughs> That's how unhappy he is because he knows how he got, got taken. And uh, as he's uh, moping about his situation, he meets this episode's first of many guest stars. Ooh, I know that look. <laughs> you came in for the free wheel balance, and now it's costing you 500 simoleons. Six with a tip. <laughs> hey, you got off easy. I just came in to use the phone, and they got me for the whole Road King package. Alignment shocks, armor all, stem lube. <laughs> stem lube. Even I didn't fall for that. Although winter is coming. <laughs> Man, we are a couple of grade-A suckers. <laughs> Wally Kogan. Hey, I know you. We were in the same pyramid scheme. Oh, don't remind me. Friends helping friends my ass. Say, you want to grab a beer while we're waiting? Yeah. I'm getting tired of them pointing and laughing at us. <laughs> <laughs> One of those guys is really colored like Mario. Yeah, it's old man Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Homer still tipped after being ripped off. Yeah, six instead of five, a hundred dollar tip. That's pretty crazy. Uh, it's like a twenty percent tip. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that's. Uh, I don't know how much you're supposed to tip at the. I don't think I ever tipped at the mechanics, but I'm learning. There's a lot of things I've forgotten to tip at that I should have. Homer saying winter is coming before Game of Thrones. Yeah. Winter is coming. Somebody pointed this out. This is really pedantic. So you'll like this, Henry. Oh boy! <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Uh, the Super Bowl takes place in February. That's well after the winter has started. Uh, ooh. Yeah. You know what? I was gonna. S- they go out for a beer, and then they're being told the bye week is there, so it has to be like January 20th or whatever. Mm-hmm. When this is Well, you know, in Springfield, they're famous for their late winters that don't come until like the That's end true. of January. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Springfield's actually in the, so- uh, the Southern Hemisphere in this episode. Well, but then, <laughs> no, they drive to Miami. They can take a bus to Miami, so clearly they're not in the Southern Hemisphere. Pe- people writing in L.A. forget about weather. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that is Fred Willard, the inimitable, irreplaceable Fred Fred Willard. Let's uh, let's play that anti-death jingle for this 80-year-old comedy legend. He's playing Wally Kogan, named after uh, Wally Wolodarski and Jay Kogan, two of the oldest writers. 
or yeah. earliest writers rather. Yes, they left not, the show in season four. Not in age, perhaps, but yeah, they they were core writers to the show. There, Wally and Jay's leaving in season four opened up uh, the spots for Bill and Josh to get. That's hired. right, yeah. Uh, and I think they were two of the uh, the football maniacs on the on the, the staff, the gamblers. Yeah, the gamblers <laughs> who love their uh, like. Yeah, you you like sports, but uh, you're not into sports uh, gaming, right? Or not gambling. really. It means gambling. Yes, <laughs> I tried that. I tried it once and. I didn't particularly enjoy it because I mean I did okay, but I was starting to lose money, and I hate losing money. Yeah, that's uh, that's not the, uh, so fun, but winning that's pretty nice though. Winning's fun, and it makes you feel smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that shows you the different writers in the room for this episode because no one is gambling on yeah, these games. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their most focused football episode before this was Lisa the Greek. Their previous Super Bowl episode, which uh, showed just as much football in it. Does the Pop Warner episode not count? Well, that, okay, yes. There are right, degenerates who right. will totally bet on Pop Warner football. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I should have said this is the like most NFL episode. Then, yes, that one. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, Fred Willard. He was comic actor in tons of things. They just had on his partner in comedy for many years, Martin Mull, in a few episodes ago as as one of the hippies who uh, who from the commune. Seth and Munchie. So, yes, one yeah. of the two. He, uh, and then Fred Willard, though, my favorite thing he ever did is the uh, public masturbation. No. Oh, come okay. Look, he's an old man. He didn't know you could. He doesn't know how to masturbate using the internet. Okay. What? <laughs> he got. It Did was, he get caught in a porn theater? It was a Pee Wee Herman type thing. Yeah. In a, in a porn. In theater. a designated masturbation spot. Yeah, exactly. Who can, I mean, look. Yes. If he was jerking off on the street, yeah. Then yes, arrest him. Sure. But leave, leave this poor old man in his porno theater alone. <laughs> I think it's sweet. <laughs> but no. What I was talking about was his uh, manager character in Mighty wind his his what happened guy like he is the funny that movie is full of hilarious stuff and he's the funniest part of it if you ask me like he's so so great is there this failed uh, charles nelson riley type guy who now for some reason manages a uh, the new main street singers and he's constantly thinking anybody remembers his one season long 70s sitcom it's it's such a funny character I love all those films, A Mighty Wind and mm-hmm. uh, Best in Show and all of that. But I didn't realize that he was the CEO in Wally. Oh, oh yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like but... the live action CEO? Yeah. Yeah, weird. Right. Yeah. That's a weird choice. Yeah, <laughs> At the I mean... time, I really like was thrown off by that. But now I really like that as a flourish. It really kind of gives Wally its own character and he does a great job as that particular character. It uh, it helps the allegory of Wally being about our doomed future because it's like this future used to be live action and now everybody has inflated to cartoonish sizes uh, since then. It it makes it more uh real though. Then you know we all go to Target and buy our Wally toys. So. That's true. <laughs> and then throw them in the gutter. So yeah, he normally plays like a baddie character but here he's just kind of like a straight man, like he's a kind- upon straight man he's kind of playing a gill type character uh a little bit yeah there's a little bit of desperation to him although there's never they never sell him out that he's like a bad travel agent he's like a nice helpful travel agent he's not trying to rip Mm. off homer he just is gullible enough to buy tickets printed on graham crackers (laughs) they see they could have done a little more with him i think yeah but i also think uh, in a meaner episode they would have had him cheat homer too but instead he's there with them to the happy ending like actually the show has a quite a happy ending for such a cynical era of the Simpsons. <laughs> then uh, we get the only football footage in the episode, which is reused from previous episodes. Is it from Saturdays of Thunder? The uh, uh, greatest football injuries the tape? The neck break, yes. Okay. Fr- which, uh, six years removed from that episode. That anime 
animation is even more insane. Like you'd never, Mac Groening would never let that kind of. It really stands happen. out. Yeah. Uh, though also from Homer and Flanders too. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. The uh, the the player in white is Dan the boy Taylor. That's uh, throwing the ball. So that's where they pulled out a couple of their old football things. So is that where they had the isotope on the the football helmet? Yes. Yeah. That was really throwing me off. That's distracting. I, I was like, okay, this is a show that's ostensibly set in the NFL, and yet we have this isotope helmet. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they're the like arena football or something. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> but I do want Kat to tell us about one of Minnesota's finest athletes, Bronco Nagurski. Oh, okay. Well, there's <laughs> because a... it's a weird reference that Mo, that Mo says. He's from my alma mater, actually. Really? Oh wow. Yeah, he went to University of Minnesota, legend of Minnesota football. But apparently he was discovered, he was like plowing a field and the manager was just, or the coach of the football team was like, wow, you're gigantic. You want to play football or something? He was your like, name is Nagurski. Your name is Bronco. I think you'll do okay. And he basically dragged people into the end zone because he was twice their size. But he played for the Chicago Bears and he was also a legend there. Wow. Well, I, but you didn't know that he was also a pro wrestling legend. What? too. What? Yeah, I actually knew that. Okay. <laughs> An NWA champion, which is was like the most famous belt in the 40s and 50s. He beat Luthez, who was like the National Wrestling Alliance champion. And uh, it's a funny thing that in the... Uh, the 50s and 40s uh, and even into the 60s football wasn't like a full-time job you didn't make enough money to just live off it so in the off season when bronco was free he was like well i'll be a pro wrestler too and it gave him <laughs> tons of cred as a pro wrestler like this can't be fake the toughest guy in the nfl's uh, wrestling here my body isn't taking enough punishment i think i need <laughs> to add to it well there is a war happening i'll go do, I'll go do that for a while and uh, <laughs> see what's happening when i get back and he lives to 81 yeah Moe's inferring that because he didn't get bye weeks he died some tragic early fate <laughs> but he did fine he lived in he died in uh, 1990 i think yeah yeah, yeah. He, lived, wow. he lived quite a long time uh this episode also taught me what bye weeks are which uh, really yeah i didn't know about that but. i still don't know it's the break week for a team okay because they only play like what 30 some games uh season they play about 16 16 wow so yeah. less than 30 there's 17 <laughs> weeks uh, every team gets a break because oh my god you gotta have a break sometime during the season to recuperate a little bit and that's just one week it's just one week okay there should probably be two actually and then once the playoffs are won then uh the two teams take a week off after that too Actually, what happens is if you're one of the best records, you get to take a break while everybody else is playing. Ooh. So that's like a, a huge reward. And then you get to play at home. And often teams that get to have that. That was the thing with the Vikings was they had home field advantage. They had the break. Everything was looking good. They're going to totally take on these Atlanta Falcons. They, they didn't lose at home. Are you kidding me? They totally lost at home. Uh, but yes, now the Super Bowl is coming and uh, Wally's got some plans. We've got a charter bus going down to the game. You help us fill it. You can ride for free. Homer Simpson at the Super Bowl? <laughs> Dang, that was my last quarterback. Now what am I going to do? You. Me? Yeah, you. Get your hand off my watch leg. Sorry. <laughs> It's a deal. <laughs> hey, Mo, you want to come with me and Wally to the Super Bowl? Oh, absolutely. My favorite team's in it. The Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> yeah, ever since I was a boy, I've always loved the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they're good, but I wouldn't count out the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I hear that President Clinton <laughs> is going to be watching with his wife. 
Hillary. <laughs> That's line of the episode. A lot, sure. a lot yeah, could have yeah. changed. Who knows? That's the joke. Yes, so that's an impeachment joke, right? Yeah, and an infidelity yeah. joke. Yeah, it's uh, it, <laughs> that, that's a nice extra thing they tacked on there. I right? forgot that that is the third thing in that joke, and that really makes it like the the fact that they're you know admitting to the production schedule is very funny. But then the idea of them recognizing that the president could be changed <laughs> <laughs> and no longer have the same wife that we know him to have, or at the very least, yeah, they're like, well, let's keep it in there in case Clinton still has a wife. Or if it's score by that point, then he get, you can just put in Tipper. That's all you got to do. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was such a funny joke. Like the way the way they all perfectly cover their mouths while they mm-hmm. talk, all with the same. They pointed out in the commentary. I never noticed until that that they all do it with the same mug. They don't pull up their own mugs. Oh, they have one yeah. mug they pass around that is like the, the communal, cover your mouth mug, communal lip sync mug. <laughs> uh, and it's the delivery too that like you know as a viewer. That that they could have, if they wanted to hide it, they could have tried harder to make it sound like it was recorded on the same day. But instead, Mo gives the like flattest line delivery he ever has, and Homer even worse. It's like Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> the self-awareness, uh, this is a self-awareness period of The Simpsons. And in fact, much later in the episode, they basically have John Madden going, none of this makes any dang sense! Which is my kind of least favorite type of lampooning yourself, mm-hmm. but... This is a good example of self-awareness where yeah. they're just kind of going, they know the audience is in on the joke and that's okay. It, it works. It At this works. point, they're not locked into the idea that the show will go on forever and they're just dealing with 10 years of baggage. Like, what do we do? What stories can we tell? <laughs> We're suffering under all this continuity. Uh, and uh, Mike Scully in our new interview, he's mentioned that they got Hank and Dan to just record it the week before and they, they stuck it in there, though. They could have recorded them saying every team in the AFL and uh, the other one. The NFL? And the NFL. <laughs> the other the one. NFC, the NFC, I guess. The NFC, yeah. AFC, the, NFC. They could have had them say all those lines uh, and then plugged it in later, but they, they just waited until the last minute to just do But this is much winners. funnier. It is. It is, yeah. It's also funny to me to think that Mo Sislak always loved the Atlanta Falcons since <laughs> he was a kid. Like, yeah, and he would have said, my favorite team. The Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> he would have. He uh, Mo could have said the Minnesota uh, Vikings. And then I could have claimed him. <laughs> okay, I don't uh, actually want to claim Mo, but whatever. <laughs> but Homer's fantasy is to go to the Super Bowl, watch one team's uh, players all get injured, and then get yelled at for putting his hand on the coach's <laughs> wife's thigh. Also, it's Tom Landry down there. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's a Tom Landry type. Hat. Yeah. Because Homer's always fantasizing about Tom Landry for some he, reason. He really wanted to wear that hat because he dreamed of having sex with his wife. Like that's <laughs> that's the secret. <laughs> his football dream. I mean, the the, the gag is that it, you're supposed to think Homer's fantasy is he's going to play in the game, which actually he already he's dreamed that of fantasy. being John Elway. That's yeah. that's the fantasy I thought was coming. <laughs> you had that fantasy. Yeah. It was the greatest yeah. moment of your life, Homer. <laughs> Uh, well, I like it, how his fantasies are getting more surreal, like the, the Chop Chop Dig Dig one, and now this one. <laughs> Which, you know, the Chop Chop Dig Dig, that was like unsexual, and this is unneededly sexual. 
they're not intentionally making Wally Kogan seem like more of a loser, but him being a travel agent now makes him seem also like a loser. Mm. I'm like, that's that's not a job anymore. People just buy their own plane tickets, you know? I don't know. My mom still books through a travel agent, but really? I think because she's old. Oh, sure. I don't know if I could tell her, just go on to like uh, Priceline or whatever and find plane tickets. I see travel like little agencies around the city. Really? There's nobody ever in them, so I often oh. wonder if they're actually being used. I went to one for the first time to get my passport photo taken. I think they're like a mafia front. I maybe? think they're fronts for something. Yeah. yeah. It seemed really sketchy in there. Like <laughs> when I walked in, like, oh, uh, this is a real business. Yeah, I work here. The only travel agency I used was a Japanese one because it was at the time the only way for a Westerner to get tickets to the Ghibli Museum. They, they had an exclusive deal with this company. I have a travel agency horror story. Oh. When I was in college, I went to Europe for the first time. And because it was year 2004, I booked through a travel agency because whatever and Mm -hmm. they totally put me in suffice it to say they put me in a hotel that was way too far away from the train station so we had to go to a different hotel and then subsequently when i was on my long train from amsterdam to prague Mm -hmm. um one of the connections didn't exist because it was a sunday Whoa! Yeah, just disappeared. So we arrived in Nuremberg, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, that's that's not how it was." So we ended up in this tiny Czech village called Cheb, and don't go to Cheb. Cheb is a very terrifying border town. We're losing all the Cheb listeners. (laughs) Poor Cheb. Uh, Well, you made it out safe. uh, Yes, somehow. (laughs) But literally, like I'm sitting on the final train to the Czech Republic. I'm sitting on a freaking like boxcar with like. A door that wasn't shut all the way. It was just going boom, go, go, go. And I'm like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Were there goats? (laughs) (laughs) So suffice it to say, I was not super happy with that travel agent. Are they still in business? No, that that travel agency is long gone. That's good. As a kid, these jokes about like, oh, you could go to the Super Bowl, that seemed crazy to me. But now as a dink, a dual income, no kids, I, mm. I enjoy lots of trips like this. Though just $300 to even even for a bus, $300 plus Super Bowl ticket, that's crazy. Okay, so I'm never going to go to the Super Bowl. Even if my team makes it to the Super Bowl, I cannot spend like $2,000. Mm-hmm. Or And that's probably on the conservative end. Yeah, that's like a bad seat. Yeah. <laughs> to A, football games are not that fun to sit in. That And you're going to have a bad seat. Mm-hmm. There are going to be all these commercials and everything. There's a non-zero chance your team will lose and you will have spent thousands of dollars to be completely miserable. Mm-hmm. You're going to be much happier just watching on the freaking TV. I mean, no. Never going to the Super Bowl. Ever. Uh, I've only been to like two regular football games. Uh, they're not that games. fun. No, they're kind of boring. Well, also, so like, much downtime. I, I feel like I just have to squint so much at all the play. I'm not good at keeping track of the players either. Probably like, you're sitting in a spot where the the other the the actions on the other side and you just see some people run over and then fall over mm-hmm. and you're like okay something happened though so i uh, i also went to one football game with my dad and he got mad at me for like watching the big screen instead of looking at the game I'm like but you can see what's going on on the big screen but he's like i didn't pay for these tickets to have you watch the tv tyrannovision will tell you what to watch <laughs> <laughs> my dad gave me guilt trips about a lot of things for not doing it the right way but i once <laughs> stood on the sidelines of a minnesota vikings game actually and 
I could not see a freaking thing. So I just watched <laughs> the Jumbotron the entire time. Well, but I do spend a lot of money on our trips for pro wrestling. Bob is uh, it's true. Bob said to hear me tell him, like, uh, I think I told you again, like, well, this week in November, we can't do something because uh, then you're like, it's wrestling. <laughs> is it like, a fun live event? I've never been to one. Tons of fun. Oh, I've been gosh. to one live wrestling show. They're, they're lots of fun. They're, and they're happening more and more all the time. The next, the next big one in San Francisco, I mean, uh, well, you don't want to spend $80 on a ticket, but there's there's a Japanese one coming to town mm. real soon. Or Yeah, it's the New Japan Pro Wrestling, the best uh, in-ring action in the world, I dare say. And so that's what I spend <laughs> the money on. Though I did get the Super Bowl-ish experience by going to two different WrestleManias in football stadiums. Like, that's the most recent time I've been in football stadiums. I went to the uh, Santa Clara one for the 49ers which is like which so is fancy. the worst stadium in the entire league in <laughs> my mind it's a real fancy stadium I like it's it. it's a giant shopping mall it's like oh yeah it's it, if you go to japan and you look up in say shibuya and you see those giant malls that are like monoliths mm-hmm. that's basically what that uh <laughs> that stadium is and actually i've been in the luxury box and watched a game from it Ooh. which is basically how that stadium is built it's meant for the luxury box people everybody else is just a peasant and i have no idea why they're there well isn't that san francisco in a nutshell really the <laughs> yeah but they really ruined the 49ers when they moved them and i'm sad well uh hey there they're better off than the raiders but we'll get to them in a oh, second yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we will. so homer is gonna go to the super bowl though uh if he can get a bunch of his friends to fill up the bus i've been on a party uh charter bus it sucks sounds it awful no fun yeah and this was just for an hour to a drive. party charter bus yeah this this was to go to that santa clara wrestlemania mm-hmm. it was uh well because uh this was uh, 2014 none of us had cars so it's like well this bar in san francisco is doing a, a, a drinking bus that'll drive you there and back to Santa Clara. Uh, so we all were like, yeah, let's do that. And uh, the bus was over an hour late. They had no answers for us. Uh, us in all of our wrestling attire got to just stand out on the curb in San Francisco with a bunch of drunks coming out of the bar going like, well, what you doing? Well, well, wrestling was this, <laughs> including like this one, like this Irishman came out of the bar, <laughs> unintelligible, like a face of gin blossoms, just all say like, well, this is about, that, that was more of a Scottish accent. But believe me, he was an unintelligible Irishman. Uh, and <laughs> Watch he, out, Henry, he's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that, uh, that party bus sucked, 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 sucked. But it was nice to just know I could get on the bus and that takes me back home. Like, that was okay. But but anyway, uh, Homer is able to convince his friends, including Lenny, to sign up for it uh, through some aggressive tactic. Come on, Lenny. I need four more guys to fill my Super Bowl bus. What do you say? Nah. Come on. Nah. Come on. Nah. Oh, come on. Aww. Yes. Now that Lenny's in, Carl will fall like a domino. I'm so happy you're going to the big game. My dream has always been to see the Bolshoi Ballet. Yeah, yeah. Do we have any pencils that work? <laughs> wow, you've signed up quite a few people, Dad. The Sea Captain, Bumblebee Man, Comic Book Guy, the Squeaky Voice Teen. Yeah, it's a good group. I gotta hand it to you, Homer. It's really a good group. Yeah, not a dame in sight. Oh, thank God. Now we can stop holding it in. All aboard for Miami. No, I don't know if I can last that long. Super Bowl, please, and step on it. Yeah! 
that pipsqueak, Rudy. <laughs> what is it, Rudy? Can I come too? Forget it, kid. You're too small to go to the Super Bowl. But what I lack in size, I make up for in... I'm not just nice. Boy, a really late Rudy slam. Yeah, they, they've been sitting on that one for a while. But uh, Someone hated Rudy. That was a Notre Dame fight song, I think. That yeah, I think so. There. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Rudy sucks. I don't like that movie. It's, I never saw it, but it was a joke at our school when I was in grade school to go, Rudy, Rudy. Because <laughs> I assume they did that in the movie. Yes. Yeah. The whole thing is that he comes in. Or people are chanting his name, and they finally buckle and say all right you can go play your freaking one down or whatever exactly so they let him win because they felt bad for him is that the story yeah yeah totally so uh you know you've got uh the shrimpy but lovable sean astin he's he's one of the best players in his high school but even when he leaves his high school his coach is like you're never nothing's gonna happen for you you are too small you just can't do it and uh he goes to notre dame to play the football everybody's telling him he can't do it you're just gonna be warm in the bench all that stuff then he can he also there's a weird scene with uh the rock or the charles dutton uh he rock he plays we know him as rock in this house (laughs) roc he plays this uh this character who tells him like well, I made it to the NFL, but then I was too full of myself, and I didn't learn my lesson, which feels like they're giving him the character of like a disrespectful black soup, uh, football player, which mm. I, I don't like that character either. Yeah, by the end of the film, he convinces everybody but the coach that he should get to play. He, the, the quarterback best friend of his gets Rudy a chance to play one down in the last game of the year because the quarterback scores another touchdown that makes it impossible that they could lose in the last down and so like fine rudy can play and he does one tackle and that's the end of the movie and that's it and he's carried away they should just call it perseverance for in the movie because that's oh, totally. basically what it is that's if why you... they play it in school to they, to make you uh to learn your lesson because he doesn't even get accepted into notre dame he's like working <laughs> in a steel mill oh, that's right yeah. and then he goes to i think holy he... cross or something and he's just applying over and over and over again he sounds like a creep until notre dame <laughs> I don't like finally him. lets him in <laughs> Uh, now I I'm glad that now Sean Astin is more famous for Samwise that he's not not Mr. Rudy any longer. What's funny is that I watched Rudy for the first time on a bus. Oh, <laughs> uh, are you remembering Rudy getting kicked off this bus when you were on that bus? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I like that the door even squishes his mouth. That's yeah, uh, extra cruel to him. But like Rudy was like a 1992 movie or something like that. It's it was a, seven years ago at that point. Yeah, yeah. it's a real old joke. Honestly, it's a Family Guy joke. Like it, it totally, oh, it totally is. Yeah. Having a character from a movie or a critic joke or a Gene and Reese joke, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. true. <laughs> uh, but uh, I like on the commentary that they goof on what a, a weird line it is for Marge to say. I'm so happy you're going to the big game. <laughs> uh, like, well, what does she care? Like, it's just a weird support, uh, overly supportive wife line. It's a weird setup to just have her dreams crushed again. Yep, yeah, which they already gave us that with her with her foot pain. <laughs> that was something too. Mike Scully noted in our interview is that like how he remembers they really got away with something with how much they say Super Bowl in this. Yeah, if you go back to our episode about Lisa the Greek, I think they just say the big game over and over. They never say Super Bowl. But maybe because Fox had it, they were allowed mm. to say it. 
Maybe they figured because it was after the Super Bowl. They yeah, that too. But they don't use any NFL licensing. You never mm-hmm. see the logo. Oh yeah, they have the wrong uniform in the. I mean, granted, they had to just kind of predict who would be in the mm. the winning locker room. But oh, you know, the Falcons have a red uh, uniform. Maybe the, they were wearing black at the time. Okay, yeah, they, and they play at like a, a generically named stadium, like the Pro Play Stadium, with like no, it, that's the real stadium. Is that the real it's stadium? Pro players. Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought that was like a joke about how they couldn't make anything up, so they just being a generic thing i was surprised to find out it was the real location of super bowl 33. so they knew well, like nine months before where the location would be oh yeah they you know where the super bowl is going to be at least years, a year ahead of time years before interesting either. okay yeah that's uh i again i only know this because wrestlemania tries to do the same thing of announcing where they're going to be over a year ahead of time and uh multiple times a wrestlemania will be at a stadium like if there's a new stadium that wants to practice having a big event they'll welcome a wrestlemania the year before they get super bowl is like super bowl practice basically that's what uh the 49er stadium did like they did uh wrestlemania one year and the next year was the super bowl and i think i think the jerry dome was the same deal the uh the cowboys uh monster stadium like that is the like that has to be the most expensive stadium in uh, in america right one of them i mean the viking stadium's up there too it was over a billion dollars and all it does is kill birds (laughs) (laughs) the important Uh, thing is that it's tax-free Yeah, uh, taxpayers at least partially paid for, it and they they can then pay some more with the high ticket prices. I'm a I'm a sports fan, but I have real moral issues with that. Eh, you know, it's, yeah, I know. Hey, look, I stopped watching WWE uh, once it the, their once their uh, politics just became unbearable. I simply just I, uh, behind the scene, like not on screen, but more that uh, Linda Trump was working in the White House. Uh, they keep going to Saudi Arabia. All these uh, wonderful things that the W. WWE does. Unfortunately, every sports league is reprehensible in its own special and unique way. Man, it's almost like money corrupts all these nah, things. Uh, it is. Uh, this is the first time that I think they've ever said out loud that character's name is Squeaky Voice Teen. Yeah, I think, I think this you're is right. The first time they said it. Uh, this is them just revealing what the writers call all these characters though captain McAllister's his name he's not sea captain yeah, they forgot that yeah. <laughs> george meyer was there he should have told him he just him. became the sea captain i know but like that's that's even sadder they took away his name he had a name i was surprised that comic book man was there comic book guy sorry he's comic a guy. Book guy yeah he doesn't fit in this like yeah. jock party well that's funny because i knew kind of a real life uh comic book guy uh mm. rest in peace uh Aww. and yeah he was uber nerdy he was one of the nerdiest dudes i've ever met and yet and yet he was a giant sports fan hmm. maybe the bigger maybe even bigger than i was that's crazy he doesn't get any lines though Oh, comic book guy? Yeah. He's just yeah. there. They're just going into the character pack. It's like every dude in Springfield, just put him on the bus. We don't care. Dr. Nick is there. Dr. Hibbert. lawyer. Yeah, blue-haired lawyer. <laughs> I mean, there's only like 12 of them, but there's some Ned's odd picks. There. Ned. So on the deleted scenes, there's an actual joke with Hibbert and Skinner. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a gag. Well, there's a gag that if it had stayed in and been canon, it would have uh, asked a lot of questions about Hibbert. He says that he played in the NFL and that he's one of the guys who, uh, after Joe Namath's injury, he was a person who jumped on him after his injury, which would mean that like that would put Hibbert in a specific time frame as a football player. Like That is such a weird background to give him. I'm kind of glad they did cut that joke yeah it's an odd choice yeah that's that's almost like how i'm thankful that they cut that joke that uh, apu wears a wig <laughs> yeah that was such an odd gag 
Somebody pointed out that when everybody lets their stomach out, you can see Ned letting his stomach out. Even yeah. Even though he's like the kind of the, got the Adonis physique and everything. <laughs> he's 60 now. He let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> that Vegas trip really didn't uh, do it for him. <laughs> I, it's even impressive that guys like Wiggum and Barney have a gut to let out. Like they're it's, Yeah, Wiggum has a gut and he lets out more gut. <laughs> and that sound, uh, you can hear it in the clip. The sound effect of like a reverse air letting out of a balloon is they all suck their gut back in i really like that sound uh, and so we come back from commercial break with mike scully's favorite band nrbq playing. yeah i've come around on them I, I think i like them now wild weekend's a nice song well you know i think we've aged into the demographic of liking it liking dad now. music is that how it works <laughs> uh i mean you're not even if you're not a, you don't have children you if you get dad age you can like dad rock that's what i, I think that's the rules <laughs> In this is season ten, quite a lot, and they've really embraced party animal Homer uh, on the bus. He's he's drunker than anybody else. It's where they get incredibly drunk, and then they all are just not drunk. I mean, (laughs) it's a cartoon, and they don't need to be drunk anymore. But man, I I feel like I I can't hold my alcohol as as much uh, since I've gotten older. I could not get this drunk and then go to a football game. I'd be asleep (laughs) in the bus. Wait, there was a time lapse, right? I mean, it was a multi-hour bus trip. They probably Mm, ran out of beer. That's true. Uh, Well, but then there's more beer. Yeah, and then they were super hungover when they got to the Super Bowl. Wiggum has the last of the beer in the in the next scene. He, he lifts can, up ninety six cans with one arm. That's amazing. Yeah, like he's, he's so strong. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, we get the uh, first of a very light Marge and Lisa story. It's so nice to have a peaceful weekend together. Yeah, I'm bored too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, why don't we do one of those craft kits Aunt Patty always gives us? How about paint by numbers? It's so rigid and uncreative. Okay. Oh, leather craft. Oh, those poor helpless cows. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What about clay? You got any problem with clay? Hey, what's this? Vincent Price's egg magic. Wow, what are we waiting for? So yeah, this is a parody of a real thing. So yeah. there were celebrity branded craft kits. I looked this up. In 1975, there was a uh, an item called the Vincent Price Shrunken Head Apple Sculpture. Whoa! In which you would make uh, little fake shrunken heads, uh, basically dried apple doll versions of them. And you would carve an apple, you would dry it on this comb that would sit above a light in your house. Any light, usually. And then uh, you would make it into a shrunken head. That That's was it. That's awesome! And he's on, oh. he's on the box. That is great. That is so cool that that is a way to make your own like horror prop with a, something as easy to get as a stupid apple. It's funny, though, because the quote on the box from Vincent Price is just very matter-of-fact. It's not like, these things are amazing. It's like, with this, you can make a shrunken head. <laughs> and that's, that's basically it. That's all you're going to have to be. I can confirm that this is a shrunken head. This, I, this is what you're buying. Apparently, they put Vincent Price on there, though, because they liked Homer's Vincent Price uh Impression. Dan, Dan does a really good yeah. one. Yeah, he, he. I mean, I think that's why he has so many lines in this episode. But the well, they also they already brought up Vincent Price, uh, Hawkins stuff in Last Temptation of Crust. In uh, that was part of Krusty's standup. Oh, you're right. He's yeah, complaining about commercials. Uh, though, yeah, the only uh, commercial clip I could find is uh, Vincent Price for Tylex. Hmm. Is scrubbing mildew making your shower a chamber of horrors? Spray on Tylex Instant Mildew Stain Remover, and mildew stains vanish with no scrubbing. Try Tylex and escape the torture of scrubbing. 
Wow, I like it. <laughs> you sold me on Tylex. I'm going to get some Tylex now. Man, I love his voice. And that was in 1989, so not too much uh, time left for old uh, Vincent Price. God, what a wonderful voice. And I think it was, uh, what, his daughter or something confirmed he was uh, bi in, hmm. the, in recent years. Does it feel like The Simpsons are gaslighting its audience? Because people didn't have Wikipedia easily available at the time. <laughs> yeah. And they're kind of like, he's dead, isn't he? Isn't he dead? I don't know. I think I'd ask my parents. <laughs> well, you couldn't Wikipedia. Then. I guess you could, well, you'd Alta Vista it. You wouldn't Google it. Then. That's true. <laughs> so I guess that would only take you to the Vincent Price like web page, like fan page. Like, yes, Vincent did die. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy now with Wikipedia. You search for the name and then you see blank either is or was. Mm-hmm. So based on the second word, you can know if someone is alive or dead. And it happens like the minute they're confirmed. Like someone edits those articles the minute it's someone mi- dies. I, it's really impressive how fast people are with uh, updating those things. Marge getting mad at Lisa there, really, it, uh, that feels like the SJWs are offended by everything <laughs> kind of gag there, I have to say. What's funny is that she was upset about the animal products, but then they play an egg game. Yeah. Lisa is a hypocrite when it comes to dairy products. Hmm. Yeah, eggs and dairy, like... We saw, oh, so am I. So. We saw that Apu thinks she's a monster yeah. for eating cheese. Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I also like it's fitting that the craft kits are from Aunt Patty, that they don't buy them, that they're useless craft kit junk that they'd never touch and unless they're the most bored they've ever been. It's a fun joke about how those characters are boring. But I also think you can't be bored anymore. Now, <laughs> there are too many things to do at any given time, mm-hmm. so the search for something to do is now just uh, not, not going to happen anymore. Lisa's not a boring character. She is anti-boring to me. Yeah. But uh, I guess they were trying to pick the most boring activity that they possibly could for them. Like, I think they said yeah. as much. It was like the most exciting, like, uh, Super Bowl, these exciting guest stars, then also Lisa and Marge doing a boring craft uh, at home. So the juxtaposition. Yeah. Kind of thing. And one of the pieces is missing. It's never resolved. Uh, and also, Vincent Price did play Egghead on Batman 66. What was so. his story? What? Uh, who is Egghead? Is that like an original mm-hmm. creation or... I- I think no, I think he was in the comics first, but like he's basically never used. He's just he's he as far as I recall, he's a bald supervillain. He's just mm. like a, a the irregular crime lord. He didn't have much theming to him, unlike say Mr. Freeze or uh, even King Tut. That guy had more stuff going oh, yeah. on. Uh but that I mean when Batman 66 was big, it was like The Simpsons in that every big time guest star, they wanted to be cool and be on the coolest show on TV. And so that's how they got all these famous people to be one-off guest stars. And Vincent Price is one of the most famous uh, one-off villains they had on the show, I think. Uh, but yes, we come back to the party bus. We've got Wiggum uh, threatening to kill people over uh-huh. the 96 beer cans. <laughs> uh, and the great joke that Lovejoy's collar is like the... Uh, Holding up all of his uh, clothes. Yeah. Try it. Uh, and then they arrive at the very realistically uh, designed Pro Player Stadium. It looks just like it. They could have gotten more jokes out of that uh, bus driver. I like her design. Like It looks like mm. she's you know an attractive lady who's but who's, who's seen some shit. On that bus. Time. Yeah, yeah. I can't have too, many, too much screen time for women in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Act 3 opens with a lot of women. <laughs> uh, and, oh yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but the... I, I do like the gag that they apparently like we're just going in a corner in the back of the bus yeah. too. what bathroom <laughs> and they just leave her with it too Ew, like, god <laughs> yes so uh, we get our string of nfl guest stars as they arrive at super bowl city uh okay fellas enjoy the pregame fun i don't want to be a panicky pete but it's sunday and i haven't been to church yet no problem the nfl's got you covered 
and that the wandering Oakland Raiders may someday find a home. Lord, hear our prayer. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Cool, the NFL's oldest surviving player. I'm 53 years young. <laughs> hey, Troy Aikman. So, Ned, you like dune buggies? Well, not, not my cup of... Sure you do. Everyone likes dune buggies. That's a good I, joke. I have to give Troy Aikman one of football's famous red cards <laughs> as a penalty because this is the same joke as everyone loves roller skating from Lisa the Beauty Queen. Oh, yeah. It's uh, the you same like roller skating, joke, little girl? Yeah. No. Everyone loves roller skating. And he draws a roller skating. Sounds like uh, George Meyer, somebody else picked, pitched a joke they pitched in season four and forgot about it. Maybe he it. forgot. I would say George Meyer. Mm. Let's blame him. Well, he's one of the few cross. He's one of the few guys in the writer's room who were both those uh, years. But uh, Rosie Greer has a very interesting life. Mm-hmm. I oh, did. I got to play the anti. Oh, oh, okay. He's 87. Yipes. 87 still with us. I didn't know he was present for the assassination of Bobby Kennedy and tackled Sirhan Sirhan. That was A crazy. little too late, Rosie. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, what kind of penalty would that be in football, not, not tackling a time there? <laughs> Makes sense. Wasn't that in L.A. where it happened? Mm-hmm. Rosie Greer played for the... An LA team, I think. I think the Rams, so. I yeah. believe it yeah. was. Yeah, he's well, and that is why he was uh, as an LA player. He guest starred in a hundred television shows in the seventies. Like, is he's got to be one of the only people who guest starred on The Simpsons and Kojak. Whoa, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was on that. He was on Quincy. He was on Love Boat. He was on all of these shows in the 70s. And Sounds like a regular O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Just as lovable. He's, uh, his, his career was uh, becoming a Protestant minister, though, instead of a uh, killer. So, <laughs> Is that really a career? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, O.J. made, a, made a, a killing off of it. Oh, oh God, God, sorry. God. Uh, it was but, more of an odd job than a career for him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Rosie Greer still with us at 87, which that's also funny that they do a joke that a football player, the oldest one, would be 53 because Rosie was 67 when that joke happened. That's weird. So. But we all knew, but it just goes to show that even in 1999, when we didn't really care about concussions, we all knew what football was actually doing to people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, it Let them have sex workers. <laughs> They're not going to live long. <laughs> that joke about the Raiders is more uh, true today than ever like he's he's joking about the la raiders era and then them moving back up to oakland by 99 i would assume and now they're really going through something a cat i will spare a kind word for the oakland raiders Ooh. first of all their their stadium is one of the last that is a affordable and has an actual atmosphere Mm-hmm. And B, they're owned by an actual oh, family. Yeah, and he is a, a weird, weird. Mark Davis like, is one of the weirdest motherfuckers. Oh, that guy, Connor Lestoka yeah. told us to look him up. Like, yeah, he's like such a bail son. It's hilarious. Oh boy, but he's by far the quote unquote poorest owner. It's, it's just a, the Raiders are just a family business, right? Yeah. Well, so, and they're moving to Vegas. They're going to the perfect place for them. It's uh, it's crazy. There's never been a Vegas L- uh, NFL team until now. Too. Most te- most cities are like kind of mad when their team le- left. Like if the Vikings left, I think that Minnesota would burn down. But mm-hmm. everybody's kind of be glad, kind of glad to be right, rid of the Raiders at this point. Yeah, the well, what the Raiders haven't won a Super Bowl since Madden's day, right? Or... Oh, since the 1980s. Yeah, okay. They yeah. were in the Super Bowl in 2002, and famously, that was the one where John Gruden went from the Raiders over to the Buccaneers, so it was the Pirate Bowl. 
And that's right. They didn't bother to change their playbook, so John Gruden knew every single one of the plays, <laughs> and so the Raiders just got completely destroyed. Yeah, the cheat codes for that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Vegas is building a new uh, stadium for him there too. Uh, yeah, with, publicly uh, financed stadium. Well done, Mark Davis. You, you got your stadium. Was he trying? Was he holding out for Oakland to buy him a new stadium? No, he was trying to move down to L.A. again, which is where the Raiders are actually the most popular. L.A. likes the Raiders better than the Rams or the Chargers, mm. but he got totally frozen out. Oh, damn! And the Chargers ended up going instead, and so he ended up moving to Las Vegas. And frankly, I think he's getting a better deal because he would have just been the Rams' tenant. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, what he would have been trading days with or trading. They would have shared the same stadium. Yeah. So it would have been the Jets-Giants kind of situation. Yeah, that's lame. I mean, that's lame enough with the Jets and the Giants. Yeah. And meanwhile, the LA Chargers, quote-unquote, are playing in a freaking soccer stadium right now and are just basically humiliating every single uh, game. It's hilarious. The uh, the Raiders, yeah, they have that such a history with L.A. because of, like N.W.A. and the mm-hmm. the cool uh, gang gangsta culture of the time, like that. That was the coolest the the Raiders ever were. And, yeah, uh, everybody still loves the Raiders down there. So yeah, but uh, now the now they're Vegas's problem, or they will be. In, <laughs> they will be in twenty twenty. That's Arby's uh, problem now. <laughs> I am sad for Oakland losing. Like they're they are losing the Warriors, and now the, and then they're losing. That is the Raiders sad, too, but yeah. what they really need is an MLS team. Oakland mm-hmm. Roots, let's go. Is that is that a team? Uh, they just started. Oh, well, hey. Good. They have some of the best merch. You should go check it out. I love the Oakland Roots stuff. All right. I can get on the ground floor of this fandom here. <laughs> there you go. All I need It's to important do... to be first. <laughs> That's has, all that matters. Their numbers are rainbow. It's very nice. <laughs> oh, that is nice. I like that. Uh, yeah, Troy Aikman uh, and Dan Marino, both in jokes here, they they were still active players. I think their last season was 2000, or they ended in 2000 the next year. So Yeah, Dan Marino had a pretty bad end, actually, because mm. he played in a playoff game the following year and just got annihilated it was like 50 to 3 or something and that that was the game that sent him into retirement and Mm. they were making the joke about how dan marino's arm is like needing to be iced yeah he was at that point Ooh, yeah (laughs) why it's all sideshow mel's fault (laughs) i love the joke that they are making these top of the line like the most famous quarterbacks who there are like you you can't be throwing passes all day because you fuck up your arm. It's why pitchers don't pitch all day in in baseball. Like, yeah, that uh, and and of course, comedy nerds will know Dan Marino for his uh, turn in the hilariously transphobic Ace Ventura. Mm, we need a new ending. And, uh, yeah, just uh, film a new end. Yeah, just make a CGI ending of it. Uh, that's all you need. But yes, Dan Marino gets to meet uh, Homer and Bart. Great spiral, Daniel. Man, that hurts. Excuse me, coming through. Friends of Dan Marino. Okay, Dan, fire away. I'm Dan's manager. This is Dan. Go long, son. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm catching a pass from Dan Marino. This is the greatest moment of my life. Gibson with a pick. Hey, Bubba, hacksaw, get that moron. Uh oh. Lateral to Bart. <laughs> Despite being so uh, out of shape, Homer can teleport in front of Bart to intercept that pass. It's like a Dragon Ball Z move. Yeah, wow. I can't see him anymore. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he was uh, he was pretty fast there. Yeah, you're right. I I missed that. 
Uh, I love the design on those tackle guys, uh, whatever position that would be. The tackle man. The tacklers. Yeah. That ball had a lot of hang time, so even somebody as slow as Homer could probably get in front of it. Mm. It's a rare time in this episode, especially. Homer is uh, is mean to a family member, and then uh, he, he is punished for it mm. instead of his usual just cruelty that then nobody comments on. That My Spine thing, it feels like it was added. Oh, like, yeah. Homer wasn't hurt enough. Let's let's paralyze yeah. Homer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they just replayed the bit of his legs moving when they fell. Play it a second time, and it's uh, his his spine severing seemingly. And but but he's okay in the next scene, folks. He's okay. Uh, and so yes, we head back home uh, for Marge and Lisa. They are uh, building their eggs. Uh, <laughs> their egg magic is happening, making some cute eggs. But they come to a shocking realization. Lisa, I don't want to alarm you, but I'm not finding any. But it clearly says feet included. They have to be here. No, nothing. I can't believe Vincent Price would lend his name to such a shoddy product. Now what do we do? Let's call the company. Mom, this was made in 1967. They're probably out of business. Mm, Well, we'll just see. Murray Hill, 59232. Hello, this is Vincent Price. (gasps) Oh! It's Vincent Price. I thought he was dead. You should know the grave could never tame me. (laughs) Mr. Price, I loved you in the abominable doc. If you are calling about the missing feet, leave your address, and the replacement feet will be rushed to you by my grandson, Jody. (laughs) And now I must return to the sweet embrace of the crypt. But I'll be back. So is he alive or not? (laughs) 742 Evergreen Terrace, Springfield, Ohio, Maud. Come on in. I love that. Springfield, Ohio, Maud. Great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They they were still playing around with the fake out of where where Springfield is. And Maud is so close to death. She doesn't oh, even know it. Oh, this poor fool, Maud, making her cupcakes, bringing them over. I uh, I like that uh, they're they're keeping all the ladies together though. Maude yeah, they're <laughs> they're being segregated. Uh, but yes, the I know the pain of finding no feet. The equivalent of a no feet in a thing you purchase of like a delivery from uh, Uber Eats or whatever, and like, hey, the fries are not here or something like that. I think of that as my my egg feet being missing. <laughs> Yeah, like you've said before, Bob, Lisa, the, in these years, her job is to point out when things don't make sense. Yeah, to question the plot and then to be told to shut up. <laughs> yeah, and in this case, she's like, so is he dead or what? Like yeah, that. like, where's this plot going? <laughs> it's a very similar moment to uh, in the two Miss Dossipima Petalons when she's like, does she live here or what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, at least it gives Lisa more to do than just be uh, a nag. Like, in other scenes, she's usually, it's her and Marge are like nag and nag Junior is basically the <laughs> roles. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Dan Castellaneta's imitation is really good. I also like that, good. that Marge has a favorite Vincent Price film. That's yeah, <laughs> that's more to her character. Is it the abominable Dr. Fibes? I think that's what she was yeah. saying. I've never seen that one. I haven't either. Now, but uh, his house on Haunted Hill, he's really good in that. I, though I've only seen the Rift Tracks version. Same here. Original. But he's good in it. Oh, he's great. Uh, so uh, we head back to Miami. They're trying to get in, and they uh, they spot a scalper on their way into the big game. Who needs tickets? Tickets right here. How about you, Slick? Scalpy tickets to the Super Bowl. Have you no shame, sir? I should give you a royal caning. Hey, I'm 
I'm just trying to make an honest buck. Oh, get lost, you blood-sucking parasite. Wally and I have all the tickets we need. Uh, sorry, fellas, but these tickets are counterfeit. What? Counterfeit? Yeah, see, the hologram's missing. And there's no such team as the Spungos. And finally, these seem to be printed on some sort of cracker. Stop eating our tickets! <laughs> oh, how could I fall for fake tickets? Gee, the fellas are going to be crestfallen. Yes, if by crestfallen you mean kill us. Listen, let me talk to them. Maybe I can smooth this over. My friends. They don't have the tickets! Kill them! He's my friends! Oh, all right, I'll get you into the game! They're drunk and angry. Yeah. That's what you uh, get for buying your tickets on Craigslist. See, again, Wally really fails him there. Like, he's such a... That, that's a real Gil move. Like, yep. It's not as desperate or as stupid uh, as Gil, though. Mm, but, but, I mean... Apparently, he does other things very well, just not this. He bought crackers instead of tickets. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty He bad. seems more competent than that, though. Uh, I love Homer. Stop eating our tickets! I think, he's, uh, I think he's just too trustworthy. It's established in the first scene that he was talked into getting this full package just after using uh, asking to use the phone at the car place. No, that's true. So maybe <laughs> yeah. he's just like too trusting of people. Scalping was seen as a real shady thing in the late 90s, but now you just have entire giant companies as a secondary market. Yeah. SeatGeek mm-hmm. and StubHub and such like that. It was uh, a real throwback to go to uh, PAX West this year and see regular scalpers offering to buy well, and sell things. If you go to an actual game, you'll always see the person with the sign saying, need tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I still, I see those around wrestling events too, which uh, I'd never call them bloodsuckers. They're just, yeah. hey, they're just trying to make it buck just like the rest of us. That's, that's all I say. I mean, especially like, I've sold uh, things at a profit on uh, those <laughs> secondary market apps and whatnot. Uh, this episode, the most egregious ADR of this episode is his is the the flungos or whatever. Oh no, I was going to say the what do you call the fake team again? Uh, uh, the spung spungos. spungos yeah. yeah, not I almost said spumco. Spum, but, yeah, yeah, I was thinking spumco. Uh, but no, I was thinking the ADR where the scalper says you'll just hurt me like all the others. Like when well, Homer before that says, "Have I told you lately that I love you?" All the mouth stuff is just off yeah you're right about that i wonder what the original thing was too it also really stands out because i think the scalper's voice changed like i think by the time they did the adr hank was kind of out of where he was before with the voice but uh they can't get the uh the tickets they then devise a a clever scheme with the halftime show uniforms which is i love that use them to slam into the security guards to run past them i love that it's uh also of a piece with in viva ned Flanders, the uh, the janitors, they tried to knock out and failed to do so. Just there's some. I love all of the jokes about escaping or infiltrating that are subverted. Uh, it goes all the way back to Bart jumping into the laundry uh, cart at the Krusty Loo Studios and oh, then yeah. immediately jumping back out, or the box factory jumping back out and then walking out the door. All those jokes, and in the future, the one where Homer is hiding in the costume shop to yeah, like, buy a uh, costume and get out. <laughs> Uh, but uh, they try to get tickets, they fail, and uh, we get another uh, uh, a quick little clip here that uh, the real comedy is in the editing, I think. Get back here! We can still make the kickoff! Here comes the kick! Oh! As a doctor, I'd say he's had enough. But as a football fan... See, Homer should have gone into the loading dock, which uh, mm-hmm. because 
there's actually a really good video of people sneaking into the Super Bowl, Super Bowl through in the Superdome when it was in New Orleans. So, oh, really? The, yeah, in the it, loading area? It's totally a thing that you can do. You just have to look really confident and <laughs> just go in through yeah. one of the loading areas. Just look like you belong you can, there. You can totally make it all the way through. Especially if you're a white guy, you just go like, I'm supposed to be here. People just let you walk right in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the football inspector. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, the cut from them thinking they were going to get in there and then said, saying they were they were seeing the kickoff and it's really them kicking Homer in the junk. Uh, and then, man, the the cut on Homer screaming the second kick, that's yeah. a really good editing gag. There's a Twitter account I see reposted all the time called Perfectly Timed Screams. Mm. And it always cuts when the scream is like in mid-scream or just about to start, mm-hmm. like like this cut. It's a good uh, cut. Yeah, yeah. I always, whenever, I, when I saw them in the little detention cell, I always think about people who are dumb enough to actually get thrown into one of those things. Apparently, in the old Philadelphia Eagles stadium, they actually had a judge there who was just on site. judge? Yeah, because everybody was drunk and rowdy and always getting into fights. In Philly? Yeah. So they always had to, uh, they just had to bring him in front of the judge right there. There's like a legal system in the basement of the uh, stadium. (laughs) Man, you know, that's that's an 80s sitcom, Night Court, but for football. Oh, man. There's only so many hooligan stories that you can tell, though. <laughs> I, I think you get at least at least three seasons out of that, I think. That would be okay if it were in England, and mm. then you just made it a hooligan show. Mm. Uh, well, and then you'd only and then need you to would make, have a magistrate. Uh, and you'd only need to make six episodes a season, too. Or a series, I should say. I there think Bull should be the judge on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's Bull spinoff. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, he, Bull finally becomes the judge he always wanted. <laughs> he comes back from his home planet. <laughs> and then becomes a sports judge. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that was Bulls talking <laughs> about the night court's great. Uh, so we come back from the break, and we get a uh, one of the sexiest moments in Simpsons history, uh, and one of the most controversial as well. Is as Mike Scully and Vision did. It's a joke about how football uh, commercials during the Super Bowl are so weird. And then at the end, you go like, what was this an ad for? Like all these very strange commercials. And there was, uh, there was a Doritos commercial with Allie Landry in this in 1999 that was very actually kind of similar to this. Just like a bunch of sex. And it's like uh, a product. Here you go. And Were so those are the 3D Doritos. Uh, yes. Yeah. The Sean Hayes uh, was in the commercial of as well. Yeah. The classic, classic commercial where they're at the laundromat. Those did not catch on. Those are not the clear Pepsi of 99. <laughs> What's funny is I don't think of Super Bowl commercials as sexy. Usually I think of them as really awkward and kind of cringy. They don't sex it up as much these days. I mean, GoDaddy were, those were the sexy ones. They're they, all just yeah. there trying to get a laugh out of you mm-hmm. or get you nostalgic. One yeah. of those two. Well, the... Yeah, it's funny the Bud Light one or the Budweiser ones, they come in so many different flavors because they want like the Bud Light ones to be like gross and funny, but then the classic like Clydesdale ones, they want you to like be like in griefful sadness. Like they they had one set to landslide, which I was like, why why is why is Budweiser trying to make me cry? See, like the prototypical Super Bowl commercial is that Budweiser commercial from last year where all of a sudden, they're in Game of Thrones, and they're also advertising the new Game of Thrones season. That was yeah. the weirdest fucking ad. Ugh. Yeah, and the, you know they take a normal ad and then they just keep expanding and expanding mm. and expanding it. Or like that old Lipton iced tea one where the puppets all of a sudden start rebelling and killing everybody. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
I think other than that Budweiser one, I don't uh, that Game of Thrones one. I don't remember anyone from uh, going viral from well, this year. It's the product of a bunch of people sitting in a room going, "Okay, this company spent two million dollars for this spot, and we have a thirty million dollar budget. What are we going to do with all this money to spend on thirty seconds?" But and you have to think of how to counter program what everybody else is going to do though too, so you stand out. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's why. I mean, the Budweiser frogs just frogs saying Budweiser like that. That was very eye catching when all these other uh, companies were having like giant things where uh, Michael Jordan was doing a basically a game of horse with Larry Bird. Remember those ones? Oh, yeah. As non sportos, do you actually watch the commercials or do you just avoid the Super Bowl entirely? I don't watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> For a time, I would watch the commercials just to be. Well, I'd watch. I'd watch the game to be part of the conversation. But uh, since I cut the cord, I'm like, I don't even care to do this. See, I, I prefer don't. that. People like you guys, just go away. I'm watching my damn game. Don't tell me about how you only like the commercials. It's not to entertain me. Well, I mean, I don't like the commercials. I mean, the but I liked being part of the office conversation. But now I don't have an office anymore. Uh, like, See, Bob, uh, he doesn't uh, even think that he has an office it's anymore. Sad. Well, What's I this mean... water cooler for then? <laughs> uh, that's a refrigerator. Oh, okay, that's what you call it. Uh, but yes, the, the commercial we're talking about in The Simpsons, though, is uh, for the Catholic Church. We've made a few changes, uh, which is like one of the sexiest commercial, sexiest scenes I've ever done The Simpsons. You don't need to tell animators twice to be horny. Uh, and so, yeah, they, uh, with the most innuendo, my favorite is the, the third girl who like moves, her, like waggles her eyebrows a couple times, like, eh, eh, <laughs> when she puts the uh, gas. Thing in the in the it's car. very phallic yeah gas yes, pump yeah gas pump the zoom in on the cleavage that reveals the crucifix like <laughs> that that is a great gag and it's uh it's all set to zz top's legs it's like well. 30 catholic church scandals ago though yeah yeah well so uh what happened was this aired and uh, the Catholic League, who mainly get mad at things that can get them publicity, they also got mad at like no one's going Catholic. Yep, uh, that was that was their preamble to their real rage over this. Uh, but also, the Catholic League is just like it's a group of people who are Catholic. It is not affiliated with the church, even like it's just. Uh, and again, these uh, these Catholics had a lot more things they should have been worried about. Yeah, than uh, what the Simpsons did. They there's a very uh, funny but mean comment on the commentary where they. Say, like they're trying to get the priest to watch this commercial now. <laughs> oh, oh God, that's uh, right. Uh, but yeah, it was Matt Selman probably. Oh, that sounds like a Selman comment. Yeah, Fox got a bunch of negative complaints about it, and uh, much to Mike Scully's chagrin, he didn't want to cut anything, and he was very angry about it at the time. And ultimately, they didn't change it to it. They thought of changing it to a different church. Fox had suggested that uh, because it was just the Catholics that were mad. So, like, if it was a Presbyterian church, fine or whatever. Uh, but they didn't. They, he wouldn't do that. So instead, they just ta- they just edit out the word Catholic. Catholic. And just like the church yeah. made a few changes. And on the recording of the commentary, they're not sure if that line would make it onto the DVD. Because Mike Scully was like, the version I watched last night did not have Catholic Ooh. in it. But on the DVD, it does say the Catholic Church. I'm really glad. It, you know, yeah. if it was Scully pushing them to make sure it was that version on the DVDs, I'm glad he did. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, it's quite a scene in Simpsons history, that one. And uh, it's shockingly one of their most like, the things they got letters for more than most. And they said that like they got people writing 
being in these things, it definitely felt like a form of just like, my family loves The Simpsons. And much to my surprise, I sat down and saw it that night and there was this blasphemous joke. I mean, think about all the people who were watching right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. They probably had their best ratings in years. And people, and so it's lots of people going, oh, I am scandalized. <laughs> Simpsons, eh? <laughs> Uh, and then after that uh, sexy fun, we then get uh, two more guest stars, which it's time for a double jingle. Oh, boy. First, the anti-death jingle for the uh, still with us John Madden. I ain't dead yet. And the death jingle for Pat Summerall. Death stalks you at every turn. There it is, death. We're both in the previous Family Guy episode, but not as their own voices. Yes, yeah. It it hurt that Family Guy episode even more that they had that they had John Madden and Pat Summerall doing similar jokes to what they're doing in this, but it's not them. Uh, yeah, they, but hearing them talk about their Telestrator and that it was the most exciting quarter they've ever seen, which uh, <laughs> that was not how it was in real life for Super Bowl 33, was it? No, but, it was a total blowout. <laughs> that's uh, why like the, their ratings probably would have been a lot better if it hadn't been a blowout. Like uh, People do tune out of the Super Bowl if, it's, uh, if the ending is very clear. But yes, they they were able to get Pat and uh, Men, who I believe were still doing the. Yeah. They, they hosted the Super Bowl that year. They were doing the Super Bowl for several more years. Yeah, the the commentating anyway. I mean, they still had like you know Howie Long and James Brown, the football James Brown. Not uh, what the I singer. can't believe is they've had the same freaking studio crew for twenty years. Wow. Terry Bradshaw was around when I started watching football. He's still there. It's pretty amazing. I uh, he's getting <laughs> like decrepit though. Oh, uh, I mean, he's uh, yeah. I was. I'm surprised he's still on there because he's been he's been open about his mental health struggles. Mm. Like oh, that's his, right. Yeah, wow. He's, okay. He's gone through a lot of depression, which I'm certain you know uh, is is many concussions he suffered in his career don't help with. Uh, so then we cut from the commentary on the game, but no gameplay being shown. Back to their cell, and that's where uh, Wiggum cracks his skull on the bars. That's a funny... You know where it's going, but I like how yeah. long they make you wait for it. Apparently, there's like a phony bar in each of his jail cells. Yes, yeah. And just, well, by plot process of elimination, it must be this one, and I'm not going to test it. One so uh, is all hope seems lost. They have uh, an arrival of, uh, of a living angel who I'm also going to play uh -huh. the anti-death jingle for. I ain't dead yet. The amazing, the spectacular, the uh, in the wonderful Dolly Parton. Cleaning lady, would you let us out of here? Me? I'm Dolly Parton. I didn't ask for your life story. Just give me the key. Young man, where I come from, the South, folks say please. <laughs> and besides, I gotta go sing a medley with Rob Lowe and Stump. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly, wait! Wally? You know Dolly Parton? Yeah, I book a lot of package tours to Dollywood and Euro Dollywood. That's in Alabama. <laughs> Wally Kogan, what are you doing in Super Bowl jail? Ask her if she'll go out with me. We had a little ticket snafu. Do you think you can bust old Wally and his pals out of the pokey? Well, I do have some of my extra strength makeup remover. Uh, shield your eyes. <laughs> Miss Parton. Oh, way to go, Dolly! Will you go out with me? Ooh, look at the time. I better scoot to that halftime show. See ya! That's the best part. She puts Man, on the Snoopy. It's gonna be some show. 
Who's ready for some football? So she's playing Snoopy with a jetpack. <laughs> Before or after? Amazing. Is the reveal she takes out the Snoopy head and Stolly underneath? Mm, I guess so. Yeah, that has to be it. I mean, it'd be even funnier that the NFL would hire Dolly Parton to play Snoopy and not be <laughs> herself. Uh, though it still bugs me that Snoopy colors are off on that. I think they're legally off. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. I guess Dolly didn't go to the Krusty Comeback special. No, no. She's no. <laughs> and she has not performed in a Super Bowl yet, right? I checked. Okay, and it's, I, nothing I came up. It. No, I I believe that. Uh, that's uh, surprising though. She seems perfect for uh, a halftime show. In like the last fifty years, it's shocking she not once did one. The... I feel like this year's Super Bowl is really lame. I forgot exactly who it was, but they're usually lame. Mumford but... and his sons. Mm. Well, nobody's a famous star anymore. Like, uh, it's, there's not there's not rock stars anymore. Have they had Beyonce one year doing her famous anti cop dance. I've <laughs> oh, seen yes, it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. She was she was telling people to rise up against cops through that dancing. I feel like the entire internet stopped for that half time show. So <laughs> yeah, it's and, true. And people really like the Lady Gaga one. Uh, oh, that you know, next year it is J Lo and Shakira. So just oh. digging up ninety stars. I take much. it. I take it all back. Shakira's amazing. <laughs> uh, hey, J Lo. Is pretty great too, you know. Sure. Oh, yeah. Maroon Five, not Mumford and Sons. Uh, just as boring. And they were joined by uh, rappers Big Boy and Travis Scott as guests. No so, opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't compare to Miss Dolly Parton. That got Euro Dollywood. I love that joke. That's a great that's in joke. Alabama. <laughs> uh, and also the great gag about her makeup remover. I and uh, I think there's some cleverness to her line too, like where I come from, the South. <laughs> Just in case you didn't We reward know. courage. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the uh, Blur's song number two. Just yeah. to let us know it's 1999. Great. That's a great gag of an overused song. Use. Very much stadium rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which uh, that uh, I think the I saw a very clever joke uh, with an overused song recently where they, they used the fight song. The This is my fight song. Oh, yeah. It was used in a, in a very clever way in the show Barry. I, uh, it was a very funny and they they paid for the real song which we even made it better uh but yes they uh the guys then just kind of run in circles as that's a great gag too that you're getting this fun edited together running sequence to blur but it's actually to nowhere but they've been running for an hour missing all of the game (laughs) that that is why the game is over once they get downstairs (laughs) like the game uh, i mean how long does a football game normally run? Like two, three hours? Super Bowl is like four or five hours. It's crazy. <laughs> and then like three hours of pre-game show as well, right? Uh, but the uh, Homer and the gang, they head upstairs to a suite that is full of amazing stuff. I mean, I've, uh, you you mentioned you got to go to one of those suites. I, I, the I sky have as box? well. Yeah. I, I have as well for wrestling uh, events for wrestling video games. I've gotten to do it at the... Both of you paid and bought and sold. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I got to do it at the Staples Center in Madison Square Garden, and something about being in one of those skyboxes makes those hot dogs taste better. I'm like, oh mm. man, free hot dogs. Because you're eating them with the mouth of a rich person. <laughs> they just give you the crappiest stadium food. I, mm. I went, I was in the press, or not the press box, the a luxury box in the Target Field, the Minnesota Twin Stadium, and I actually went out into the concourse and got the food there because it was the local you know delis and everything versus whatever the crap they had in there it's just like 
Drinking Stella, Stella Artois. Yuck. Ah. <laughs> Away with the swill. Uh, that's uh, that's Budweiser's brand uh, that makes you think it's fancy. <laughs> uh, though I mean, it's uh, it's light enough for me. I'm not. I the lighter the beer, the better. I I don't. My least favorite thing about beer is how much it tastes like beer. Ugh. Uh, there but, is good tasting beer. Uh, it's not called Stella, though. I do feel like a real rube of like, gorsh, look at that, the TV <laughs> and everything. Uh, yeah, well, that's uh, all the guys start picking out. I, I wonder, too, if that's based on the writers going to any Fox event and just going straight for all the food and ignoring everything. And, uh, then the beer copter arrives. Oh, yeah. I think it. I didn't do it because I felt it would be too rude to do a hope for death jingle. Pro-death jingle. But, uh, yes, we have Rupert Murdoch who sadly is still with us at 88 years old uh the the owner of news corp who this was as the fox news uh, behemoth was rising though he was not known for that as much and this is before the phone hacking thing it was just a couple years before or fox news it just started a couple years before yeah right? yeah. yeah yeah but it wasn't i mean it was it was 9-11 that made fox news yes. really what it was Absolutely. it wasn't yeah. telling president grandpa what to do well, yet he paid <laughs> cable providers to put fox news on them it was, i mean it was a loss leader for the Republican Party. That's what it is. Like, and shocking to me that Fox News just gets to exist after it was like shown that almost countless sexual assaults happen there like it is a is a crime scene that's it's not a it's not a news organization or even a propaganda wing well if you have enough money you can get it's, away with anything i know but it's like I'm waiting for that margot robbie movie about it i mean he should be in jail for the phone hacking thing yeah too yeah yeah i mean i soon I, he'll be in jail underground <laughs> in a in a coffin i wish you know the at least roger ailes he he got a quick death uh, yeah. well not a quick death but quick after he got exposed but yeah it's just it's crazy that Fox News just got to keep being a thing and that uh, and in fact is more of a thing than ever like this joke about Rupert Murdoch as the owner of Homer and him meeting Homer it doesn't work anymore he doesn't own Homer the Murdoch family divested themselves of all of 20th Century Fox and all their fiction stuff they just want Fox to be about news and sports now and that's that's all they're about and previously we've seen Rupert in uh, jail with Sideshow Bob yes yeah in uh, Last Gleaming yeah yeah though no not voice yeah, it was Dan, Murdoch, but yeah, and uh, and he'll also appear in the uh, the Jeebus episode in uh, mm. in the future. Though again, not voiced by Murdoch. So but... they actually got Murdoch to do this role mm-hmm. and have himself call himself a tyrant. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, Scully told us all about uh, him coming in to record. Uh, he Scully said he was ten minutes late, and then he joked with him that uh, man, I give you five more minutes, and then I'm walking, pal. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Rupert did not uh, did not laugh. Like, I'm not used to being joked at. <laughs> uh, used to being feared. But yes, Rupert does come off as uh, a good sport or whatever. But again like i mean he's he's a fucking billionaire what's he care you know <laughs> yes why don't we hear from that billionaire tyrant what the bloody hell hit the road grams this is a <laughs> private skybox i'm river murdoch the billionaire tyrant and this is my skybox if you're rupert murdoch prove it well i'm convinced Tell you what, Mr. Murdoch, let's just split the difference. The boys and I'll just crouch here quietly and take it easy on the snare. Silence. Seize them. So he came all the way out there to record like eight words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including the great reading, what the bloody hell. <laughs> uh, Didn't I, it include the oi, 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 oi? 
Uh, nah, no, I no. I thought it was funny enough to end with the uh, the like there's Scooby Doo the Runaway. Oh yeah, yeah, the classic Shemp noise. Scooby Doo ripped it off from Shemp, uh, they, but they, they if this was a cartoonier episode, they would have shown their legs uh, <laughs> bongoing in place. <laughs> but yeah, the cops the cops look drawn to be American cops, but then when they do all the oys, are, are they supposed to be Australian cops? Then that's I'm, weird. Yeah, because well, the way they're hitting their clubs together, it feels more like a the stereotype of a British. Uh, police officer but they're not wearing those stupid dome hats that british uh, the bobbies, bobbies. Wear. so uh, i don't know aussies could you weigh in do those look like australian cops there uh but yes they they uh run away once more they miss all the game uh and but they think they've almost made it to the playing field but then the game's over and uh the denver broncos in red <laughs> they yeah. run out and uh and like, push them all to the that's nice locker room they yeah. barely even see the field What's funny is that the Broncos were wearing blue at the time. Oh. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's the... They just guessed. They were like, ah, the team will wear red. Just draw it. It was red with the blood of the opposing team. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so... uh, I gotta say the one the flattest joke in this episode is a makes me look fat joke. It's just, yeah, it's, it's it's a hack line. It's like a taste like chicken joke. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the one gag you have. Just a reporter saying, "Does this make me look fat?" It just feels kind of empty. But yes, the the winning team is very accepting of strangers in their locker room, though. As uh, you pointed out, Cat, it's because he's the owner of the Denver Broncos. They right? recognized Homer. Uh, but yes, the team and the Springfieldians celebrate. <laughs> I'm going to Disneyland! Really? Because I'm a travel agent and I've heard nothing but bad things. (laughs) 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 Hello? Uh, Hello, this is President Clinton. Hey, how you doing? You know, your determination and grit under extreme pressure are an inspiration. The whole country is proud of you. Well, it's about time! And on behalf of America, I'd like to... Oh. <laughs> All right, Lovejoy. You're going to get Hello? it. Hello? Hello? I command you to answer me. Hello? Al, do you have to do that right now? So that would have been Phil Hartman, I'm guessing, oh, had shit. he You're survived. Right. That's, right. that's Harry Shearer, right? I believe that yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, he's good at it, but yes, boy. He, he, he did, uh, yeah, Bill was last seen in the Treehouse of Horror where he gets pre- uh, kidnapped in 1996. So. I can't believe The Simpsons predicted Al Gore being elected <laughs> in 2000. Very, it's a very animated Al Gore. He's yeah. got that big smile. Nothing like the uh, the Celebrate Al I Gore. I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was quite assumptive. that I mean, I, the joke could be read is that he thinks he's about to be impeached and he'll be president for that reason. But mm. also, yes, he knows he's running <laughs> for president soon. I think we have the same uh, brain sickness that we had with Obama. It's like, oh, yeah, Democrats are going to run the country forever. This yep. is how it works now. <laughs> Just how it is. Nothing could ever change that. <sighs> Boy. I make no more assumptions anymore. I yeah. Tell you. But apparently it, uh, it started as a uh, tradition in the 1970s that the president calls the winning football team. Oh, I didn't know this was a real thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is still consistent to this day, but I mean, it's not just that the president like receives the winning team or whatever at the White House, but also you, you get a call from the president too. 
That's because, I mean, the NFL, it's America's game. It's, it's the most American of sports. Also, that uh, I love the I'm going to Disneyland joke, especially like Homer nods in agreement that it's a bad, that Disneyland is awful, which is only funnier now that he's a Disney character. So Wally's a bad travel agent. Yes, yeah. Although those trips to Dollywood were uh, Dolly Parton stands behind them. He's a good friend of Dolly Parton. <laughs> you know, maybe he's doing that uh, only to send people to Dollywood. He's like, no, no, it's bad. You got to go to oh, Dollywood. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, though the real line is not I'm going to Disneyland, it's I'm going to Disney World. Interesting. The MVP has been going to Disney World since 1987. Disney spends a shitload of money. As soon as the, uh, I believe it usually goes, as soon as the MVP is named, Disney gets a camera up in that motherfucker's face. Say it. And it's like, say it right now. <laughs> and then they cut... Yeah, they put it in a commercial like instantly. He's like, okay, he recorded it. He said, okay, put it in the commercial. I'm going to Disneyland. When you wish upon a star. And then he'll host Disney some, World. Uh, Disney World. Okay. I even missaid it there. But yes, he goes to World. I'd go to land. And it can result in hilarious uh, photographs mm-hmm. sub- subsequently. like uh, Giant men being handed uh, like cotton candy by Goofy. Well, uh, <laughs> Eli Manning went one year. And Eli Manning is hilarious anyway because he just looks like a complete dork. Huh. <laughs> There's a great... Great photo of him standing on the beach looking like a total schlub holding a tiny little bucket and i have no idea why so <laughs> so it's seeing him do little photo uh, vacation photographs in disney world is pretty great We're i know table. when i go to disneyland though we know scary football players there <laughs> could push me around <laughs> they're all the way in orlando yeah so uh, they stay far away <laughs> we come to the end of the episode First off, we have the uh, the characters all reflecting on their Super Bowl success, including getting Super Bowl rings. Each of were they stolen? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, but so they they now all have. Just imagine every person who's on that bus has a Super Bowl thirty three ring, championship ring. All of them have it now. I just want to point out that you don't get the damn Super Bowl ring until the following season. Oh, they make you wait that long? They have there's, to smelt them. There's a re- Well, first of all, they have to design them mm. because you don't know. Like, you're not going to just commission a ring before. Like, the owner commissions the ring. You're not going to commission it not knowing whether or not you win. They have to measure your mangled football fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, uh, they have a big ceremony at the beginning of the season where they do the 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 banner and they hand out the ring and everything. <laughs> They're wet to so. the football, the giant football. <laughs> oh man, remember the uh, the Super Bowl ring story in the King of the Hill? That yeah, guy playing Bill. That was a good episode. Became evidence. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, let's let's hear everybody's celebration after the Super Bowl. What are you gonna do with your Super Bowl ring, Carl? I'll probably give it to my wife. It's our anniversary today. <laughs> Dad, that doesn't belong to you. But this might be my last chance to win one. Well, we sure put together a heck of a trip, Homer. Ever thought about being a travel agent? Wally, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't. Because you can really go places in the travel business. (laughs) Feel free to use that one. What one? (laughs) I heard Gil totally doing the... (laughs) Yeah. That is very Gil, too. He's like a low energy, like a lower desperation Gil, Wally. (laughs) Maybe they originally wrote this for Gil, and then they're like, if we can get a celebrity, we'll make it another guy. (laughs) That could have even just been the ending anyway of just like uh, a cheesy one-liner that Homer wants to be a travel agent, and this is going to give him his next job. Cut to black. (laughs) Also, Carl is married? I guess uh, so. Yeah. Maybe. Or well, maybe not anymore after this. <laughs> like uh, uh, when he got home, he's told uh, that she wants a divorce. 
Uh, I mean, that's such that is a great line that he reveals he's there on their anniversary, and everybody thinks that's so cute <laughs> that he's going to have a term. And uh, yeah, that's the Elway reference where he says it might be my last chance to win one mm. while holding the Super Bowl trophy. Which, uh, I mean, that doesn't go to the player. It goes to the owner, right? Well, the player gets to hold it at some point. Sure, sure. Though it's still, I mean, it's still crazy to me to see it at the end of every Super Bowl. They're like, now for an old man in a suit to come out and hold this championship. It's mine. <laughs> it's presented to the owner. Mm-hmm. Like, the players uh, don't even really get to, they, they ultimately it goes to the owner. Yep. Yeah. They, they, hey, they paid for it. And isn't that more important than being a good football player? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, the true ending of the episode Comes with our guests, uh, John and Pat. Well, John, what did you think of tonight's episode? I loved it. The last-minute addition of Wally Kogan to the lineup was a bit of a gamble, (laughs) but it really paid off. Marge and Lisa painting eggs. Did that work for you? Oh, big time. They came off the bench with a huge effort that allowed Homer and Bart to make some significant gains. Did it strike you as odd that in a Super Bowl show with Dolly Parton, we didn't see any football or singing? I hadn't thought about it, Pat, but in retrospect, it was kind of a ripoff. What a way to treat the loyal fans who put up with so much nonsense from this franchise. Any final thoughts? Nah, I'm too mad. Let's get the heck out of here. All aboard, boys. I've been waiting for you. Now, I'll tell you, that doesn't make a lick of sense. I know. Just get on the bus. Where's that infernal clutch? Wait, wait, I'll get it. Give it some gas, Grandpa. Oh, quiet, Jody. You're not helping. Yay. <laughs> so Vincent Price is alive, and he's here to abduct uh, Madden and Pat Summerall. Uh, driving them off to, I would guess, Springfield to make his delivery of feet. The feet, the egg feet delivery. <laughs> uh, I mean, Pat Summerall looks like he's having no fun. John Madden is. Yeah, John Madden. Pat Summerall is just like that. I know. I like his, like, Marge and Lisa painting eggs. <laughs> he I, is, he's quite old. I miss that type of broadcaster, honestly. Mm. The the one who comes from kind of the radio age, I suppose. I guess Madden classically trained. is the color commentator, right? Yes. Mm. Boom! Yeah, boom, baby. Tough he basically act. He basically invented the color commentator as we know them and today. the word boom. <laughs> I mean... I love his delivery on, now that don't make a lick of sense. Like, that's, he did a great job. Yeah. He did an awesome job. Uh, yeah, man, man should be acting in more stuff. Just a regular character, John. Nah, he's retired. He's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, enjoy enjoy your, your golden years there. But the uh, I think you hinted at it earlier in the episode, uh, podcast, though, Kat, that's a dangerous road, pointing out that episodes could be seen as ripoffs to fans. Mm. You know, you don't. I think uh, they've done it before, and I think they think they're heading off at the past criticism, but I think it instead works out as they're telling viewers what to be critical of, you know? I think they were also feeling a little sensitive about the the internet at that point. Mm -hmm. So they were making multiple cracks about that. So I think they were just kind of having some fun with it but yeah, yeah. you're right it's a, kind of a dangerous road i i really don't like making fun of yourself so other people can't mm-hmm. it's really just uh, showing your shortcomings up front and giving people <laughs> more things to complain about so i'm not a fan of that it reminded me that actually the egg thing had happened and i yes. was like what yeah. the heck happened 
What? <laughs> Marge and Lisa painting eggs. <laughs> That's. Uh, I mean, that is very funny in its own right. That, that they made an old man say that. <laughs> uh, they 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 should have said Vincent Price. Like, I wonder in John Mann's life, did he ever? Was he ever in the same room as? Vincent oh, Price? I'm sure. <laughs> Had to have been. Hello, John. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know. As an event episode built around being a television event, I think that yeah. was, it was a fun, silly episode. It's like Krusty gets canceled, or it's just a bunch of stuff that happened and a bunch mm. of guest stars. I, I don't get a lot out of it because I don't know who any of these people are <laughs> outside of John Madden. Mm. So it doesn't really work that well on me. I mean, they really overstuffed it with celebrities. I mean, putting Dolly Parton in there for some reason. Yes, yeah. She's there. Okay, well, whatever. And it feels like that character could have been any character who's yeah. just who said yes. It's it's not as directed as the uh, the classic softball episode where it's all they picked nine baseball players. They didn't get other famous people on top of that. It's just the nine really famous at the time baseball players. But in this, they they really only have uh, they had two then currently playing people, Aikman and Marino. And uh, then Rosie Greer, uh, who was retired, and those, and I, I guess John Mann was a player too. But those are the only like former or current pros. Pat Summerall was a player too. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. All right, so five, five. But uh, I mean, compare that to nine softball players. <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> Seems very unlikely. But the thing is, that episode was a celebration of baseball, and in this episode, the Super Bowl is weirdly sidelined yeah no one has seen playing football yeah well isn't i mean is that a statement about the super bowl that football is the least important thing at the super bowl i mean yeah potentially i i I like your reading of this (laughs) i do too it's very smart but as i mean there uh in by now in the last 20 years i've seen a number of shows built around being the super bowl show the big show for the super bowl like this this is supposed to be a more mainstream episode that's uh supposed to be seen by the most people ever so that an episode like that could still have a weird post office thing and egg magic yeah it's a price i like that they were weird instead of going more mainstream like they could have i was happy knowing a new audience and saw that Vincent Price stuff and didn't know what to think about it. <laughs> so thanks again for listening to Talking Simpsons. Before we tell you about us, let's hear about our special guest, Kat Bailey. Kat, where can we find you and what are you doing right now? Hi, I'm on the show a lot, so you probably know where to find me, but you should go on Twitter at the underscore Catbot. You should go listen to my podcast. It's called Axel the Blood God. It's pretty good. It's about RPGs. Right now we're doing a thing called the Console RPG Quest, where we're going through all of the different consoles. Uh, and their RPG legacies. Uh, we just did the Super Nintendo as of the recording of this episode. Ooh, I like that. It's a big one. So, but next the one we're gonna do is the Jaguar question mark. What? Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna Man. see if that one has any RPGs whatsoever. Man, the su- the Super NES is king of RPGs for me. Like it is all the most of my favorite RPGs are on the Super NES or uh, failing that super famicom because dragon quest 5 is one of my all-time favorites but it wasn't on the super nes i'm not going to deny that but i'm actually really looking forward to getting to the ps2 because mm. i think you might be surprised by how rich that legacy might have is. the most rpgs mm. that in the ds but yeah that sounds great so i just went from talking all about football to talking about the jrpg legacy of the ps2 <laughs> a rich uh, tapestry that cat bailey but did go. uh did you review madden this year at the US i sure Gamer? did not okay hey. I now was, that you're editor-in-chief you don't got no, it. no <laughs> i like took it and i started playing and i was like eh, 
this game is not good this year. And so I did a whole article about how I was really sick of all the problems that Madden had. And that's why I wasn't reviewing it, because I was saying the same damn crap every year. U.S. Gamer is about to go into the holiday season, so a bunch oh of hot reviews coming soon. September was hot. Oh, man, I want to see what's going on with that game. <laughs> that Church's song is uh, that just dropped was bomb. I, I love that. Anyway, this enough video game yeah. talk uh, to all of our jocks out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, as for us, we've been Talking Simpsons. If you want to support the show and get every episode a week ahead of time and at free, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. You'll get just that. And on top of that, all of our mini-series that we've done to date, including the upcoming Talking Futurama Season 2. It's coming this October. And if you're at the $5 level on patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you'll have access to it as it releases weekly. And Henry, what is happening at the $10 level? Well, for our $10 premium patrons, not only do they get all that $5 stuff, but they also get our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast where me and Bob talk sometimes over four hours about a different animated feature film once a month in September. We just did Cowboy Bebop the movie. A really great time there. And in October, we're getting in the Halloween spirit with The Nightmare Before Christmas. And so you got to sign up at the $10 level to get all of those right now at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. So I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I have another podcast, by the way. It is called Retronauts, the classic gaming podcast. Check it out at Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. I think you'll like it. Henry, how about you? You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. You get all the Henry Gilbert updates right there if you follow me. And that includes whenever new stuff goes up on both the Patreon and the free feed. One more time on Twitter, it's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next week for Homer to the Max. Silence. You've located the beer supply, so let's all enjoy it in moderation. Hey, don't make me come back there. Seriously, now, if you have any questions, just ask our team leader, Homer Simpson. Or me. Better ask me.